Welcome to the Podcast of Power, a She-Ra and the Princesses of Power companion podcast. I am one of your hosts, Nero. And I'm the other host, Jane. We are live in studio, right next to each other, to talk about Heart, part one and two. Yes, it's time. It's the it's the big event, the, 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 the big game, they call it. These are some tremendous episodes of television. Massive episodes of television, perhaps the biggest of all time. Uh, we got you. You've got drama. You have heartbreak. You have people being reunited. You have, of course, the scene uh, and uh, lots of lots of fun stuff in between. I mean, you know, I have no idea how long this is going to go. It could go an hour and thirty. It could go two hours and thirty. I have no idea. It could go forever. Who? I, I feel like I at least could talk about these two episodes basically until the end of time. I like I, I I took like four pages of like handwritten notes while we watched this earlier, and like even then I feel like there is still more that that we could cover. There's a reason we have been withholding any and all discussion of these two episodes from our main episodes. There we cannot talk about, especially Heart Part Two. We cannot breach that at all until now. Until now, the 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 keys the keys are in the lock. The tumblers are going. The vault is opening. We're, we've, we've broken the seal. We're launching the warheads. Those warheads are labeled Heart Part 1 and 2. Yes, and they're coming straight for you. So, yeah, I mean, we uh, we watched this in 4... We had a 4K television to watch this on, which was certainly an experience. I had never seen it in such high fidelity. Yeah, this in high fidelity with, like, really nice sound. Like, the quality was great. It was, it was, it was just a, a real theater-like experience. I'm trying to remember all of the times I have seen these two episodes in particular. It's probably in the double digits at this point. I feel Um, like both of us, it's double digits. I feel like I've seen it at least a dozen times now. I, when I finished, I watched all of uh, season five, the night it came out with with one of my friends, I just shotgunned the whole thing because I did not want to be spoiled. And the morning after that, I immediately rewatched Heart Part 2. 
So that was already, you know, two, uh, twice there for the second one. And then, you know, I've watched it, uh, I don't know, like six different times with different people. I've, I've seen this entire show a lot now. I feel like with the end of this podcast, I can finally rest. I can finally lay back in my coffin and knowing that my time with this great show is complete. Yes. Probably. At least for now. I mean, what this is the kind of show that you can totally like... You could come back to it like six months, a year, five years from now and just rewatch the whole thing and be like, man, that was a good show. Which I will, almost certainly. But, you know, without enough waffling, you know, we've we've talked about these episodes in passing and in, 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 in shaded discussions a while now. There will be no spoiler zone here. There are no more spoilers. We are in the finale here. So let's go ahead and get into the heart part one, shall we? Or excuse me, heart part one. We always say the heart. It's just heart. It is just heart, but it's, I mean, really, I feel like it deserves the article. I feel like it deserves a the. It's like, it's it's important. It's like the it's like the the, the grocery chain Aldi. I always call it Aldi's. It's just Aldi. It's just Aldi, but but yeah. So so the heart opens up with some real cute moments with everybody. We've got the like the whole gangs together. Everyone's having like a cute kind of moment. You have uh, the cloud wives in the background. They're just sort of uh, cuddling under a blanket. You've got uh, Bo is playing a lovely song on his guitar he's learning how to play acoustic guitar now and uh glimmer's quite enjoying it uh you have uh really everyone's just sort of having a nice little evening here except for one person adora is separate from all of this of course because she doesn't feel like she has time to participate in all of this stuff she doesn't deserve to have this kind of frivolous reprieve because i mean this that's what this is this beginning part this cold open is the like the the last kind of moments of more warmth before we head into this this big finale right until the very end everyone just gets a moment to relax which i i do appreciate both both in terms of pacing and then all of that but also like there's some just very good character moments in here just sort of scattered about there are and it's 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 important to to really establish the tone of things because um really the opening of the heart is it is it's set up in such a way as to recap things it's kind of the like we're, we're catching you up and like sort of establishing the tone of the show as you go into this this big finale here so uh in that in that sort of light you have adora's scene where she's she's kind of trying to to summon shira and she's having a real rough time but she managed to get it and comes out and gives a speech where she sort of explains the plot to uh, to them and the audience as to like exactly what the plan is. And the plan is that Entrapta and the gang are all going to run up to the spire. They're going to get in there. Entrapta's got uh, a special computer in a suitcase. And she's going to use that to de-chipify everybody. Meanwhile, Adora and the best friend squad are going to dive into the heart and shut it down for good. Yes. So, well, you know, she makes this big speech. We, we, we have this final call to action here. But as soon as she see, glimpses Shadow Weaver through the crowd, she begins to falter again. You know, remembering, of course, what happened at the end of Failsafe. Yes. And everyone, everyone cheers and everyone's ready to go. Like, everyone's psyched. They're pumped up. But uh, while everyone else is kind of getting psyched for, for, this, for the coming battle, uh, Bo and Glimmer notice, you know, Adora kind of 
walking out on everybody else for a bit. And, you know, they catch up to her and, you know, she's she's not doing great because it turns out Catra's probably not coming back. She says as much. Glimmer asks, you know, are you out here looking for Catra? But Adora just says, you know, she's not coming back. I have to, you know, I have to put this aside. I have to do this. Um, and she expresses that she was, doesn't really want them to go with her either. She feels as though this is something she has to do alone. She cannot put any uh, anyone else at risk. Yes, she is. She is determined to protect everyone else at any cost, and uh, that cost is her. That's this is this is the uh, the the currency we're using at this point, and she's she's convinced one hundred percent at this point that that this is this is it this is everything she has to lay it all on the line for everyone else and there is there is no way that that she can let other people be in the line of fire here this is this is her burden to bear her cross to bear even you might say right so uh what next do we get everyone rushing the spire next or do we get katra we i think we get a quick scene of of the battle of the spire starting so we we see the battle of the spire starts and then, uh, as we as everyone starts wrecking shop, destroying horde bots, you know how it is. Uh, we cut to Catcher and Milog uh, still running through the forest. Yeah. Well, right before that, actually, we get another brief scene where, uh, while everyone else is uh, starting starting the actual fight at the spire, you have uh, Adora and uh, Bo and Glimmer get to the ruins from the very first episode. And uh, they're they're a little bit more ruined than uh, they might have been the last time we saw them. Yeah, the sailing fell down. Um, you know, it happens. So they, they find the old Light Hope once more, uh, the, the Light Hope 1.0, who, who says that Planet Administrator Light Hope is offline and, and uh, access is not recommended. But... Uh, Adora uses the override and opens a tunnel, and, and we hear Light Hope one last time as a voice clip of her says, Welcome, uh, Friends of Mara. Yes, Adora uses the Friends of Mara code, and she gets uh, sort of scanned, just, you know, make sure that, that, that everything's on the up and up, and she gets let in to the heart tunnels, the, the uh, sort of... The, the arterial system, what runs the whole deal. And, you know, th- th- these ruins being the same one from the second episode, like, obviously, it's, it's all cycles. Beginnings and ends. It all comes back to where we started. You know, we, we've done this several times in this season, actually, but this is the most, like... Well, it's a, it's not actually the most uh, direct one. That one won't come until a little bit later. But it is one of one of the big ones here. So as they delve into the the murky circuitry of, of the planet of Ethereum, I think this is where we get to to Katra and Milog fleeing through the woods. Yes, we get we get to Katra is on on Milog's back. They're they're running through the woods, and Milog just dead halts. And Katra flies off, and she she slams into the ground, and then. You know, she's like, hey, what are you doing? We got to keep going. And Milog just kind of stops and flumps on top of her and won't let Katra go one inch further until she actually confronts her own emotions. Milog is a therapy cat. This is very clear. And Milog is not going to let Katra do this. It's not just going to let her run away from all of her problems again. Not going to let her push all of this aside. He is going to literally just keep her there until, and you know, it doesn't really take very long. No. Uh, Catra basically, like, immediately sort of 
spills her her heart to to Milog here in in a in a in a line that is really quite something. Why don't you take this one? Yeah, the line is th- this is one of the lines of the whole show, like top three by a broad margin. But but uh, Catcher's been pinned down and she's trying to tell Milog, you know, don't you get it? She chose Shadow Weaver, not me. Adora doesn't want me, not like I want her. I see. Yeah. Yeah, right? Like, oh my god, like like I mean you you said it best earlier. Nero was like when when they heard that the first time, they just said holy fuck out loud. It's a line, you know, I feel like there were several points uh, during this entire show that I that I during this season in particular is like okay this is happening this is real, that was the one where I was like oh, okay we're just saying it now huh yeah oh they're saying it oh they're saying it oh they're saying it it's like oh, it's 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 an honestly it's a really incredible scene like just beyond the like the like obvious content of the scene there's also just the fact that it is like a really good moment it's just like katra has in a lot of ways been building up to this kind of like a personal revelation or i guess not even a revelation just an admittance of like what the actual reality of her situation is because like she's she's gone through basically every stage of denial at this point over the course of the show like every way a person can deny themselves she has done in one way or another and she has finally gotten to the point where she has to confront the fact that she is just deeply wildly in love with this girl and that she like she just she has to admit that and she has to like actually confront that that feeling in order to actually move forward here and the way that it's handled is really good it's really good and so milog lets her up and share this very tender moment catra hugs milog and, and she's crying but this is interrupted by a clone walking through. So they stealth up and follow this clone and uh, see the gigantic like drill thing that entrapped us saw in the previous episode. So this is a very ostentatious piece of machinery. Yes, it's like it's like partially a drill and like partially like it's like a big USB pen. Because the the point of this device is to plug into the planet and just start just start really messing with it. Just just really start start going to town on its whole on its whole sort of operating system level. Which Horde Prime uh, immediately begins doing because he takes over this clone, gives a whole speech about with a lot. Horde Prime's dialogue in this uh, is particularly Doomsday Preacher ish especially towards the end here oh yeah um, he when he's completely losing it but he you know he's he he has uh finally gotten the heart in his grasp and he is going he we see him on his flagship he has every tube plugged in all of them oh yeah he is at maximum due saturation right now 110 percent dude up and he is like he's he's ready to go he's like like, begin the planetary acquisition so he's got his his big floaty screens and the the giant drill plugs in to the planet and suddenly 
the ground starts going weird. Entire everything starts going green. All of the circuitry surrounding this USB port in the planet uh, starts getting corrupted, and Catra immediately realizes what's going on and says, "Oh no." I need to go warn Adora right now because this is extremely bad. Yeah, this is the worst possible case of all worlds at this point. So she's like, okay, listen, time, sad time over, go time now. So she she hops on Milog and they they run at like about 9,000 miles per hour to try and uh, try and get to uh, to wherever Adora is at. Uh, in the meantime... Yes, in the meantime, is this where we get more stuff with the Spire? We do. Uh, and Trapta and everyone is off to the Spire, off to the races here. And uh, everyone has their their sort of big old scuffle. You get, you get a bunch of scenes of everyone kind of using their powers. Uh, they're all coming up over the, the sort of cliff here. Spinnerella's in, in full tornado mode. Uh, everyone gets like a cute little scene, like Wrong Hordak, uh, sort of like semi tricks two clones and shoves them into uh into the line of fire uh and, and does his little wink you have uh, cast a spell is having a good time she's just she's like ooh, this is so exciting she's not used to actually fighting people at uh, at hogwarts school of, uh, of of wizards from space well you know it's all fun and games we're all having a good time here fighting off the evil horde uh, nothing could possibly go wrong. It's all fine here. So Entrapta gets into the spire, sneaks past a clone, quote quote unquote sneaks, uh, and and starts to to hack in. She's she's in. She's in the system. She's in, and she's uh, she she manages to get a little bit uh, a little bit into it. Right, like she's she's in over her head here. She's a little bit anxious, but she manages to get in to the uh into the system here but unfortunately she only manages to just start the program uh before she starts getting abducted but she does have the foresight the presence of mind to shove the computer out of the tractor beam so that doesn't get teleported too very smart so she gets brought to the velvet gloves uh i guess throne room and uh horde prime greets her as a you know little rebel finally uh, you 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 are just in time to witness the end of your world so then a whole mess of clones teleport around the uh the rest of the the squad here yes and the fight that was looking very much in their favor is suddenly really not in their favor and everyone just sort of starts getting their kicked but while all of that is happening so we're, we get down back to the heart tunnels here. Bo, Glimmer, and Adora are making their way through. And, and Adora, well, Glimmer seems to think that she, you know, they're, they're concerned about her because she's being very quiet. She's looking very concerned. And, you know, they're like, are, are you afraid? Are you okay? Do you need to talk to us? But Adora just kind of keeps moving forward here. Yeah, she's she's being very... She's keeping everything very close to the chest here. She is not allowing herself the emotional space to really process anything that's actually happening. She needs to eliminate the distractions. She needs to cut all of this out. She needs to make sure that she is as focused and determined and ready as possible for literally all of this. Bo, you know, kind of moves into reassure and says, hey, listen, it's okay. We're going to do this, and when we come back out of here... It's going to be a brand new world out there, a bright new future. It is. And what is 
Nero, what's the very first thing immediately after he says this uh, that that happens? Well, as soon as Bo says the words brand new world and puts the idea of, of, of a future into Adora's mind, literally the very next thing that happens is that Adora hears Catra laugh. Yes, she hears Catra's voice and this breaks her out of her determination of her sort of self-imposed uh sort of fugue state here and she immediately rushes off to find Katra. nothing else matters in that exact second than running off and finding her she she was not interested in listening uh in in having like a conversation with her friends or anything like that she was as determined as possible to find her way to the heart immediately but as soon as Katra might be around she forgets about the heart for a minute so she runs over to where she heard Katra, finds her standing in a doorway, which is weird because she ran off into the forest. Uh, we get a Hey Adora, our penultimate Hey Adora of the series. And maybe the cutest one, actually. Yes. Uh, she's, she's, she's very flirty. And, and she, as she turns around, uh, the, the reality flickers and we go through the various eras of Katra. We see as she's walking toward a door, we see Katra as a teen as a cadet in the horde we see her chipped uh, we see her in in her like horde commander outfit from season four among the burning wreckage of of uh, of whatever the sea place was called and we see her in her season one outfit and finally she gets to adora and, and they press their foreheads together they do they press their foreheads together and as adora reaches up to touch katra's cheek she vanishes and she's standing at the edge of a cliff uh-huh so she you know Bo and glibber run after her obviously because she just ran off and adora you know she just says be careful this place can still manipulate memory and as she walks off uh her she-ra form begins to flicker again yes uh as with most scenes involving a cliff and these two uh sort of titular characters here this is yet another scene in which adora is confronted with the idea of letting katra go she this is this is a very internal choice in this case where she she is choosing to let Katra go because it's it's too complicated it is it's making things too difficult it's making it hard to actually fulfill her destiny uh-huh well no that, that's the that's the that's the season four uh, finale oh, that's true you're right um and so yeah we cut back to the uh the uh the, the camp here and catra has run back to try and warn adora finds everyone else gone except shadow weaver as she runs in here uh she she's yelling for adora trying to warn them and, and shadow weaver uh, from the from the the shadows slurs she's not coming back yeah, so Shadow Weaver has spent presumably the last couple of hours getting completely sloshed, just downing whatever reserves they managed to smuggle out of Bright Moon into uh, into their second refugee camp here, and she's she's just she's completely smashed, and she's not interested in helping Catcher at all. She's like. And she's already gone. Don't even worry about well, it. She's like, you need you stop being selfish. She needs to do what she has to do. Just let her go. And Catra just grabs her by the collar and just screams at her. You no, know, you need to listen to me. Prime is hacking the planet. Something really, really bad is going to happen to Adora unless we get down there right now. Yeah, and Shadow Weaver at first, she's like, oh, you know, that's not how this works. I can't just 
take us there. She could be anywhere. She could... Uh, I, I don't have any magic. And Catra's like, absolutely bullshit. You know as well as I do that you, our whole lives, have known when we are, no matter where that is, that you have the ability, you're holding out on us. You have, like, way more power than you you let on. And Shadow was like, well, you got me there. And you know, this is an important moment for, for, for Catra, right? Because there is no fear left here. Not, not a single iota of it none shadow weaver has no power over her not only does shadow weaver not have power over her but the 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 pretense of their relationship has sort of flipped here because katra katra is not only not afraid of her but katra is asserting her will over shadow weaver she is she is here and she she has things to do that are more important than dealing with whatever shadow weaver is doing at this point in time you know uh katra spent a lot of the show very focused on sort of shadow weaver's perspective of things and how she 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 spent a lot of time trying to rebut her and and sort of have a response none of that's here she doesn't give it anymore it doesn't matter what shadow weaver thinks and what shadow weaver intends here None of that is of any importance at this point. What's important is that Adora needs her, and she needs her right this second. And no matter what, she's gonna get. She she's gonna get there, and she's gonna make Shadow Weaver uh, make that happen. So, Shadow Weaver's like, "All right, give me your hand," and she pulls a little bauble out of her uh, out of her coat pocket, a very similar one, in fact to the one from when she broke out of prison. I believe an identical one, yes. So, we're a little bit out of order here, but there's there's more and less important things to talk about in this episode. I think first we should just talk about the, the spire goes very wrong. Uh, Mermista and Scorpia show up uh, to, to start ruining things here. And Prime uh, decides this is the prime <laughs> opportunity to broadcast his final message here and he he said you know he says you know i was offering you so much i was gonna give you the world i was gonna give you peace but you chose darkness and so you're all gonna die yeah he basically tells the entire planet to go die in a fire and um he intends to make good on that promise he 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 basically has uh, all the means to make that happen at this point, and everyone's pretty sad about it. But uh, but before before we actually resolve that, there is a little bit more that happens in these heart tunnels, in fact. And one of the things is that Adora, she's not doing amazing after the, uh, the fake Catra scene. She's kind of having a bit of a dissociative episode you could say she's doing very bad she is running through these tunnels ignoring bow and glimmer's cries and she uh, eventually the machinery the first one's tunnels pull on her memory yet again and we're in the clearing from the very first episode with the sword wrapped in the roots of the nearby trees yes the the sword and the vines as it were and you know, Bo and Glimmer, like what, like what is happening? And you know, Adora's like, I think I'm doing this. I, I think this is this this whole thing is reacting to me. It's reacting to my memories. And she goes on this sort of monologue where she talks about how feeling like 
when she destroyed the sword, right, she felt in that moment like she was finally a master of her own destiny. She finally had the tools and the means to take the reins of her life and guide them in a different direction. That she had the ability to do things her way and find some amount of happiness on her own. Well, she doesn't feel that way anymore. No, she really doesn't. She has... She says, you know, it's it was always going to end like this. Cool. That no matter what she did, it was always going to come down to the hero sacrificing herself for the greater good. That's She feels like no, that there's nothing that she could have ever done to prevent the situation she's in now where she is like a lamb to the slaughter and she has no choice. Uh, Adora and Bo try to stop her from what she's about to very obviously do, but unfortunately they're not quite quick enough, and Adora teleports away, um, and and uh, Bo and Glimmer, uh, they oh. can't follow. I mean, this entire scene, like, Adora is just crying big anime tears throughout this entire, like, talk. She is completely breaking down here. Uh, she she just turns back to Bo and Glimmer, who are like being held back by these thorns. And I was like, yeah, I'm I'm so glad that you were my friends. I love you both so much. And then she uh, she vanishes. Yeah, it's like and th- and they're like, hey, Adora, what's going on? And then she starts dropping the like, I love you so much line, and it's like, oh oh <laughs> oh yeah, they that's they, not great. They know pretty quickly. Yeah, that's sort of sort of, once you. Once you start saying stuff like that, it's a little it's a little obvious where the direction is heading. And so Catra and Shadow Weaver appear directly in front of Bo and Glimmer, or directly behind them, actually. Uh, as everything is breaking down at this point, uh, Prime's virus is spreading through the entirety of the tunnels. Everything is going green and not in the good way. And, and you know, Shadow Weaver kind of collapses against a wall as Catra runs up to Bo and Glimmer. Like, hey, where, where did, where's it or we need I need to warn her about something. And they're like, well glimmer very sort of angrily says she left us yeah she's adora left them behind and katra is not surprised she's like of course of course she would do this of course she would run off on her own and try and be the hero and uh you know she's she is just completely exasperated about this whole affair but but katra Catra's determined. She's she's not going to let Adora slip off out of her fingers again. This is this is not going to happen. This is not going to be a repeat of anything that's ever happened. So she's like, no, listen, you you get out of here. You you get out of here and you make sure that that like everything's cool up top. I'm going to go in after Adora. I'm going to make sure that she gets to the heart. She says, I made her a promise a really long time ago that I would look after her. And it's time I made good on that. That is... All the way back from Promise, you look out for me, I look out for you. Nothing can happen as long as we're together. Yes, it's it's amazing. And she also, there's this really great, really great moment where Glimmer starts arguing with her and she's just like, no, I can't lose her again. Like that's that's like the line that, that Catcher uses. And there's this really great shot of sort of a, a behind, uh, like a, a shot from behind Catra uh, with her sort of a hand in the foreground and uh, glimmer and bow in the sort of medium background and her uh hands are, are trembling and uh then 
like clench as she's saying this line it's the the character acting and the voice acting in these two episodes is really phenomenal like every, like the whole cast really does a great job uh the the animation staff does a great job but really honestly the mvps here are are amy carrero and ag machalka like really 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 knock it out of the park in this, these two episodes the emotion that they put into their voices is is it's so much there is such a depth there that you can really feel and it's like they they make these two episodes i think like especially heart part two. Oh, especially heart part two but we're we're getting there we're getting there after 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 this bit after everyone sort of says their goodbyes here and uh and catcher heads off to to go get adora and uh Bo and glimmer make their way to the surface um we get a like just a really brief little moment sort of just confirming uh glimbo uh-huh. they they have a moment where they tell each other they they love each other and uh Bo gives her a little kiss on the forehead and you know he tells her to be careful and she says you know i'm always careful which citation needed citation needed it's, on that one it is a really cute thing you know Bo is ready to run out and then glimmer like grabs him and just hugs him really tight and buries her, her face in his chest is very cute it's it's adorable it's like uh, i think it's cute like like Lim- limbo's cute limbo's a really cute little little thing so then then we get the uh, mara okay. conversation yeah so adora finds herself overlooking a a big cliff uh seeing a vision of etheria uncorrupted uh, unleashed uh no heart of etheria it's beautiful it's glittering it's verdant uh and and as she's standing there in awe of what she sees uh mara comes to stand next to her and and, uh she adora okay so adora starts off with like you know i'm I'm going to do this. I, 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 I'm going to stop Prime and I'm going to bring all of this back, no matter what it takes. Yeah, she she says, she specifically says things like, you know, I'm going to make sure your sacrifice wasn't in vain. I'm going to stop this. And Mara's response is really important here because her response is, I sacrificed myself so you wouldn't have to. I ne- she, she never wanted to die. She yeah. didn't make a sacrifice because you know that was the good decision she didn't make her sacrifice because it's what she wanted she made her sacrifice because it was the only option left everything else had been burned there was nothing left for her to do adora still has options there are still things left on the table for her she doesn't have to make that sacrifice but adora hasn't really accepted that yet and and Mara has a really specific line because Adora is not ready to actually accept the idea that the future is something she's allowed to have. And she asks, what do you want? What, what do you want when this is all over? Echoing what Catra said. And this is an important thing to raise. This is not Mara. Maybe there's some kind of deep echo of her consciousness stored within the, the, the heart of Etheria. But like, in many ways, this is adora's own subconscious you know everything here is being pulled on from her own mind and ultimately this is kind of someone she looks up to someone she admires some like just stepping in and and just forcing her to stop and think and try to like 
get her to see what everyone else has been trying to tell her these past like three or four episodes yes this is this is really a conversation with the self here and it's it's a really well done version of this kind of you know character versus self confrontation. I think that it's 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 one of my favorite versions of it. I think that I've ever seen because it it doesn't waste any time. This is a, this is a short scene. This is you know it's maybe three minutes long at the most, but it cuts directly to the heart of the problem. That at at Adora's core. She feels so strongly that her happiness is by mandate secondary, that that she has to sacrifice the things that would make her happy in order to provide happiness to others, that, that, she, that, that it is an acceptable loss to sacrifice parts of herself, in fact, sacrifice all of herself, if that means that other people can be happy. But the the critical thing that the show brings up and the 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 reason that I think it works so well is that the show very deliberately takes the time to break down why this sort of thought process, why this this conception of the self doesn't work, why it's false, and why it actually makes things worse for everybody involved. Yeah, I mean, the, the 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 end of this conversation is literally Mara just grabbing Adora by the hands, looking her in the, dead in the eye and just saying, you are worth more than what you give to other people. You deserve love, too. And, like, Ugh. Adora is just crying. She is crying a lot throughout these. Uh, she's basically constantly crying for the it's, rest of the show. It's an emotional couple of, couple of hours for this girl. She's, she's having a rough one. Like, Catra had, like five seasons to work through her emotional state adora has mostly taken this core problem of like her person and the entire resolution of it has been crammed into like the last three weeks of her life and it's not going well so far yeah so but just as and mara says you know you're so close keep going which is interesting because i don't think she's talking about the heart at all like Oh no, she's definitely not. Because Adora is real close. She's close to the heart, but she's also close to the heart in lowercase. Which is to say, she's very close to realizing that the ideology she's operating on, the, the idea that she has to sacrifice herself, that the distractions are what is holding everyone else back, that she's holding them back. All of that, that that's all wrong, and that actually what she really needs to do is something very different. Yep. Uh, but before that can go any further, Prime appears. His he he has reached this deep in, and has wormed his so, so far that he can manifest here as he halts this vision, glitches it out. Well, we cut back to the spire fight. Uh, just just a real quick bit. Seahawk defeats uh, Mermista with the power of cringe after Glimmer appears to reinforce them. Yeah, it's. So Seahawk is determined to snap Mermista out of her sort of chipped mind controlled state. And his tactic is to be annoying, to be as annoying as humanly possible while she tries to kill him. It's pretty good. Uh, it's it, pretty amazing. It works, it works very well. She, you know, she slices a rock in half. And he's like, you know, 
This is so nostalgic. You remember when we first met? You tried to kill me back then, too. Yeah, and then she whips him around and slams him on the floor, and he just immediately takes the, like, uh, the, the like, uh, the sexy laying on a chaise pose, yeah. like, ah. You've swept me off my feet. Yes, and she just, eventually she's just like, ah, why are you like this? Yeah, the old Remista begins to shine through a little bit as her frustration with, with Seahawk peaks, and that's when he drops the bombshell. Yes, he's like, because I love you, dearest. Oh, also, by the way, it's a really good distraction. And then he uh, uh, has has Perfuma snap the back of her neck with a little little vine whip and knocks her out. So, uh, so yes. That's dealt with, which is good because Mermista was really a big problem. Uh, she was really uh, pinning him down. So was Scorpia, but Scorpia has disappeared. So yeah, I mean they they hit him with the one two punch earlier. Yes, the old the good old Bioshock uh, water electricity. No wrench. No one got beaten over the head with a wrench in this episode. Yeah, probably good for their sakes. So we cut back down to the heart uh, area here, and Prime is just kind of talking to himself. Not even really. He literally walks right through a door, like just ignoring her entirely. And he like considers Mars. Like you know, it's really weird. I surely. I must have known her. I must have fought her. But like, I don't, I don't remember any of this. Like all of these heroes, all of these, all of these people who struggle against me, they eventually all just fade away into oblivion as you will. Yeah. He's prime is in a lot of ways, like a primeval evil. He's like, he's very ancient and he has been through this song and dance many times. He's cast heroes into into the dirt and let them fade away um into legend and then into being forgotten entirely and he is completely convinced that adora is exactly the same just another ant to sort of be crushed underfoot maybe an ant stronger than most maybe an ant that'll even give him a bug bite but not an ant that's going to overthrow an empire he doesn't consider her a real genuine threat to him never and so he's like you know uh perhaps you know i've let this go on too long but it ends here uh courtesy of your very own people as as a as a weird tendril shoots out and, and cuts into her leg uh or into her side rather and and she loses shira as as prime's virus begins to infect her uh he's like well you know the first ones gave you one last gift a guardian so mighty that it could even just defeat one such as you. So you're kind of boned. And this is also as Micah appears on the battlefield above in the spire and petrifies everyone except Glimmer. Yes, everyone gets like very gaunt and shadow locked in this like pool of shadowy liquid and and glimmer just barely manages to avoid getting stuck in it as well and micah is now getting like he's got the the evil dark tendrils creeping all over his body the dark magic is really starting to influence the guy a little bit and glimmer is pretty horrified play infamous uh that, that ps3 open world launch title oh yeah the usual good or evil uh, if you're good you get blue lightning if you're evil you get red lightning but also if you're evil you get like weird black lines on your face and all your veins get weird and your eyes get weird it's like that it's just like that i mean listen micah you know what the thing is i 
let me tell you, the elusive man, he'll fix you right up. Give him like thirty thousand credits. Just it'll be he'll take it all off. It's good. Don't worry about it. Just uh, just go into your when, next time you level up. Just go into your uh, your perks thing and just yeah, choose ain't like that. Uh, ain't like that no more. Change that hat out. It's fine, Micah. But yeah, that's where we end uh, part one, at least. Yes. And we immediately segue directly into part two. where there No is, intro. There's no intro. There's a dramatic bomb, but just, that's about it. Just like the first episode. First episode also had no intro. And so we are immediately back uh, underground here uh, as Adora is being menaced by this... Uh, thing just a one last horrifying first one's monstrosity why did they make this i mean listen it's like it's like there are two core things right they got crystals they got bugs and i guess three things they have giant super weapon death star things so they got three things it's kind of a combination of all three a little bit so it's just it's just this giant weren't like it looks like a jrpg boss it's got a bunch of weird spiky tongues a billion eyes yeah if you've played like jack and daxter it kind of looks like a metalhead yeah it definitely looks a little bit like that era of enemy design but before it can make a meal out of adora uh catra leaps out of nowhere and shatters one of its eyes and this is where we get our final hey adora yes we get the final hey adora it's amazing it's the real deal this time this is this is this is catra in the flesh and uh adora is just like i think a little bit still maybe not 100 percent believing that it's real but it is catra is here to save her and uh catra's Catra's pretty good at fighting, it seems. Yeah, this thing is like specifically made to fight Shira level enemies, right? Like it is a it is the guardian of the first one's most precious like thing, the heart of Etheria. It is the last line of defense. So it is it is made to kill things good. But Catra is holding her out against this thing, and she is, you know, Adora is like immediately, basically, as soon as she shows up, like Catra, you should not be here. It's too dangerous. You have to leave. And that's when she gets even more confused because she uh, gets someone grabs her, she turns us as well, Shadow Weaver. Yeah, at this point, Adora's like the virus and the venom are affecting her brain. She's a little out of it. She's like barely standing at this point. And Shadow Weaver's just like, we gotta go, we gotta go, Time to go, we gotta go. And she's just like, but why is Catra here? Wait. And Catra's like, just get to the heart. It'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'm right behind you. Yeah. It'll be fine. So uh, other things that are upstairs being fine. Bo is getting blasted around by Scorpia in the spire as he attempts to kind of kind of hack back into the systems again because, uh, well, that's where she went last episode. So yeah, he and Milog are attempting to deal with that as Glimmer is attempting to deal with her dad. And, and by attempting, I mean uh, getting completely owned. Yeah, so she's getting completely owned for a bit here. And he's at first she's like, listen, you know, it's it's me. It's Glimmer. You know, you, don't you recognize me? And he's like, oh, yeah, no, I know who you are. I know you're my daughter, but also you're a huge failure and I hate you. And immediately that- slams her into the ground. And like, this is the first real conversation one-on-one she's having with her dad like they they talked a little bit in uh, in failsafe but not really like there was a bunch of fighting going on that the the, the fa- like yeah he's chipped but like this is the the, the insidious thing about horde prime that we were talking about a few episodes ago where it's like no yeah he will absolutely leverage people against you like this so he will he will take 
Glimmer's dad, someone who she's always wanted to meet, and is finally here and just say the most horrible things to her. Yes, he is... Horde Prime is very good at manipulating people and leveraging their emotions. He feels emotions are a weakness, that they are a failure of of the psyche, and he uses them as exploitatively as possible whenever he actually uses them. And in this case, he is using those horrible feelings, trying to, to put Glimmer down as much as possible, to break her spirit, to break her hope. Break but her bones by slamming her to the ground very hard. A lot of breaking. A lot of, a lot of things getting broken right now. But unfortunately for, uh, for Prime here... Um, there's, there's more to, uh, to the situation than just that. There's more hope to be had. And, and Glimmer gets, catches a, a glimpse of Angela standing above her. And whether this is just sort of a in-the-moment hallucination, or if this is actually Angela sort of reaching past the veil, as it were, doesn't really matter because the the outcome of the situation is that Glimmer is reminded that she is strong, that she isn't weak and she isn't a failure. And she's reminded that that love and and caring for for her friends and for her family is strong. It is strength and that, that is what gives her her strength and and she uses that to beat the shit out of her dad. Yeah, so this episode is basically like We've spent a lot of the back half of season five spending time with our supporting cast where they get their their big arc ending moment. And uh, this episode is that for the rest of our main characters. So first we have Glimmer here where she, you know, she has spent so much of the show struggling with her own, like her own identity, her own confidence, you know, all, all of this sort of stuff. And this is finally, like, you know what? No, I am not weak i am not alone i can depend on people and people can depend on me and i she refuses to lose another parent and she just blasts the evil out of her dad with a gigantic death ray or i guess it's a love ray it's it's a love ray it is a very powerful love ray it's it's so powerful it is like his silhouette in the ray is like being shredded to pieces but it's listen it's fine it's basically just an exfoliation treatment okay like he's he's fine he's just gotta you know get, gotta get all the gunk out of him gotta get all that gunk out all right this is detoxing yes okay so so yeah he's he's extremely knocked out it's gonna take him a couple days to to sort of get get back on his feet from that one um in the meantime Bo is on the inside he does some cool bow stunts he he gets into the room with all the entrapta stuff and scorpio is of course trying to trying to stop him but he goes invisible and he starts uh, uh finishing up entrapta's uh little hack here uh unfortunately entrapta uses cherry mx blues to be fair scorpio doesn't notice where they are until he he goes aha i got it and then he immediately realizes he you mess up really bad as it gets blasted with a with lightning and you know the scorpio the image of scorpio basically turning her arm into a mega man cannon aimed straight at Bo's head as sure as something but but this is another moment where Bo Bo is like echoing what perfuma believed uh a few episodes ago it's like you know what like yeah prime could do a lot of wild stuff he, he can control people he can but he can never make you something that you are not like you he cannot turn you into a killer scorpion so i need you to trust me i need you to trust in yourself and that 
gives Scorpia enough strength to resist the mind control long enough for Bo to slam that upload button. Yes, you get a really cute little Entrapta-like completion symbol with her giving a little peace sign, a little wink, um, which is a callback to the little symbol that that Bo has had on his tracker pad a few times. But uh, but yeah, this gets uploaded. The chips are toast. They they just sort of pop off everybody uh, like lampreys, and they fizzle out, and everybody is good. You get like scenes of all over the planet. All the chipped people are going back to normal, uh, like uh, Admiral Scurvy and He's the here. Moth people, Huntara, Huntara. And this is Bo's big moment. So Prime is mad already. He's already pretty pretty pissed about this. And then a big image of Bo appears on his big stupid view screen, and, and Bo's like, "Hey, hey, well, I'm Bo. Uh, hi." So, and then he just gives this speech to rally everyone to resist Prime, no matter what. And it's like, of course, Bo is the one who does this. Like, it, it makes complete sense. Yeah, like Bo is more than just the sort of emotional core of the best friend squad. He is also, I would consider, the heart of the rebellion he he is very representative of everything the rebellion stands for and he's also probably its most like fervent like defender he he is maybe more than anyone else the person who believes in the cause and him giving the speech that rallies the rest of the planet that that gets uh that gets etheria to completely throw off the shackles of the horde it's very appropriate and we get a whole bunch of uh, cavalcade of cameos here, including the only appearance of the Horde cadets in this season, unfortunately. Yes. It is good, though. Uh, so we, we get, you know, uh, we see Huntara watching this. We, uh, of course, not speaking. They could not get Gina Davis back in the booth, unfortunately. Uh, but she's there. Uh, we get Bo's dad's looking very proud of him. And then we get uh, the, the Crimson Wastes. Well, I didn't check to see if Tongue Lasher was back there. I'm pretty sure he's still dead. Uh, I, I think he's dead anyway. Yeah, one of the only real character deaths, I think, in this show. We'll get to the other one in a little bit. Otherwise, I'll have to change the name of the Cineplex. Um, <laughs> and we, we get to see the Horde Cadets where you see Lonnie, Kyle, and Rahelio and... Kyle is affixing the imp to a little a little baby thing, a little baby strap on Rahelio's chest, and it's very good. It's really funny. The and imp looks so mad. The imp is so angry. And uh, we also get our DT cameo. Yes. Um, I think I think it might be in Drill. It was kind of hard to yes, tell. Yes, it, it, it like, was Drill. Yeah, so it was Drill, and there's two sort of horde clones who are just kind of standing on the edge of a cliff. They kill a couple of guys, you know. Yeah, they just sort of push a couple of guys off of like a five thousand foot cliff. That's that's their uh, that's their sort of uh, you know th- that's what they have to give to the rebellion. Not not much, but you know they're having fun. So yeah, we we see Huntara just smashing the hell out of some horde robots. The everyone is reinvigorated. Uh, they're 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 fighting once again, and Horde Prime is like, you know what? scorch it yeah enough of this mockery i'm i'm done uh kill kill this girl and then we're gonna kill everybody else and well good news for entrapta so she's been held captive and she is like my you know you misunderstood you underestimated us like you don't get what makes us strong you 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 were doomed to fail from the start she's doing that whole thing and and he's just like all right shut her up uh, and the clone next to her, who is, of course, Hordak, turns uh, his cannon towards her. And, and she looks very frightened and, and like, 
Horror Prime is continuing to rant a little bit. He's like, did you hear me, little brother? I said, uh, blow her up. And then, yeah. Uh, and then... And then we get the Hordak speech. And this, this is, it's pretty good. So he turns around and blasts Prime directly in the back. And he's like, uh, no. So here's the deal, bud. I am Hordak. I defy your will. You... I, I have become greater than anything that you have ever been or could ever be. Like, I, I, I made I made a name for myself. I made an empire, and I made a friend. And he, dro- he gives him the old Palpatine. He just drops him off the edge there. Yeah, chin first, by the way. Just, like, grabbed him by the, by the, big, old, the big old chin and just drops him off the side, which... You know what? That was really good, Hordak. You did great. Unfortunately, I we do have to put out one last one last <laughs> incredible callback here. Right, right as unfortunately Hordak gets uh, body snatched by Prime, which he can apparently do on the fly. Very talented that that Prime. Uh, but we get one last inclusion of the joke where Entrapted can't actually be bound by anything, and she can just escape whenever she wants. Because as soon as Hordak drops the <laughs> drops Prime off of the cliff, she just gets rid of the cuffs. Yeah, the cuffs were really just for a formality, honestly. She's she's sort of a Houdini in that way, but uh, but yes. Uh, unfortunately, Prime can just sort of pop in and out of people whenever he wants, and he picks uh, Hordak naturally. So his main body is definitely just like in a, in a big old heap at the at the bottom of that, because we 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 know that is not a fall you survive. No, that is that is a fall that you like capital D die from, but. Yeah, so so now now Prime is actually for real very angry. Everything's starting to fall apart for him in a way that he was not prepared for, and he's like, you know what? Okay, time to just go full insane suicide murder mode. I'm taking yep. everybody out. We're going to we're going to burn and cleansing flame together. Yeah, like he just teleports down. He's got attracted by the hair. He's like, you know what? I gave you a million chances, but you know what? We're just, we're just, we, there will be peace one way or another. I'm just going to burn everyone here in the entire universe to cinders. And as he is just, he's lost it. Which is yeah. very funny because there are multiple primes coming up here. And of course, this one is just com- completely like doomsday preacher, supervillain nonsense up here. But he still keeps that like menace downstairs as we cut below uh, to the tunnels Katra is still fighting uh, the the creature and and she's doing pretty well she manages to knock it down and starts to go after Adora and Shadow Weaver here but can't keep that thing down that easily it wraps her uh it wraps around her leg and starts to drag her away Prime appears and is like you know I really did think you had promise little sister but I guess you really, you really were just another worthless pawn. Just why don't you just die? Why, why don't you just get out of my hair? Yeah, and he asks a very specific question as he watches her slowly get dragged towards her ultimate destruction. A visual callback, by the way, to when she was getting dragged by the spiders, yep. if you remember, in uh, which episode was that? That was Promise. That was Promise, yeah. So very, a visual callback to that. And he asks her the question, was it worth it? Was it worth it to do any of this? And before she has a chance to even really consider and answer that question. So Adora <sighs> and Shadow Weaver have been heading towards the heart. Like Adora, Shadow Weaver has basically been dragging Adora there. And Adora is just like half conscious, like just begging. We have to go back for Catra. I can't leave her there. But Shadow Weaver's like, we are so close. You have to keep going. 
and they they see they can hear the heart they can see its glow shadow weaver reacts to its magic but adora hears catra scream for her uh and immediately just like shoves shadow weaver away and and stumbles back towards where they left catra and shadow weaver sort of glances between the heart and, and and adora here uh you know leaving it ambiguous what she's about to do which uh is right as catra is about to be devoured by this nightmare creature shadow weaver bursts from the tunnel and starts blasting it with shadow magic yes shadow weaver we've had does... our, yeah we've had our moments with bow glimmer and a hordak so now it's time for shadow weaver and now it's time for shadow weaver this scene i i really still like this scene i i we talked about this all the way back in season one but i still really love this scene a lot it's like shadow weaver is a very complicated character she's a very bad person um she is in many ways the person that katra could have become but very similar to katra she was given an opportunity to do one good thing in her life and she took it she took it in 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 such a way that was completely antithetical to who she is as a person she was meters away from everything she's ever wanted literally unlimited magical power with no caveats she would have been able to take over everything that was left of the planet had she just forced adora to walk down that hallway and die but she couldn't do it she couldn't bring herself to do it and in the end she does actually go back and try to save the two of them she sacrifices herself for adora and for katra and and katra's quite confused at first yeah so she shadow weaver bursts in and is fighting this thing katra gets knocked back uh into a barrier after shadow weaver tells her you need to get adora to the heart you have to go um and and like clearly katra knows that this is not going to end well for shadow weaver she is going to die here no matter what um, but but Shadow just repeats, you have to get her to the heart, like it's the only way. And then, then she's like, you know, I really am proud of you, Katra. You, I, you know, it's it's too late for me. I, I there's no turning back for me. But it's only the beginning for you. And and as Katra, you know, what do you mean by that? Adora grabs her hand and and just like uh, there's a, uh, okay, so you know she adora's there and i think catra realizes what shadow weaver is doing here as as shadow weaver pulls off the mask showing her face her full face for the first time uh and just says you know you're welcome and then explodes she immediately explodes into a gigantic fireball taking the monster with her and this is it's this is not what I would necessarily call a redemption, no, but it was what this what this was in in many respects. It's closure. Is closure. It's Shadow Weaver as a person was fundamentally broken. That she she was the the end state of the kind of person that Katra could have become. She was in many ways a cautionary tale. But she still had enough good left in her that she was willing to preserve what little someone else could have. 
Shadow Weaver really doesn't have anything in this world. No oh. one likes her. I mean, the last failsafe was built around completely, like, everyone was divesting from Shadow Weaver. Like, no one in the Rebellion trusts her even an iota anymore. Micah hates her. Glimmer hates her. Catra hates her. Adora hates her. Adora was the last one to just completely reject her. And that's why we see her getting trashed in the heart part one, where she she is just completely and utterly alone. They didn't even let her go on this mission. Like she didn't even go. Yeah, they were they just told her stay here. We don't even we don't even trust you to participate in this. We you know, we don't want you anywhere near the heart because you might just betray everyone. And that's like she doesn't have anything left in this world. She has burned every conceivable bridge it is possible to burn, and then some. She invented new bridges just to burn them immediately afterwards. Yep. But she's she she decides in that very last moment that she would rather give someone else the opportunity. Her she would rather give her sort of surrogate daughters the the opportunity to have a better life. Uh, than than a more fulfilling future than anything that she really could have had because at the end of the day even if she had gotten everything she ever wanted i think even she knows that it wouldn't really be a real future a good future to live in for even her of course counterpoint to that what is more dramatic what is more shadow weaver than going out in the most memorable way possible, thus for literally searing yourself forever into the minds of these two, of, of Catra and Adora. Like, this is, this is, no one will be able to forget this. No one will be able to forget this, except for the fact that the only two people who saw it are Catra and Adora. Yep. It's, it, this is, this is the kind of thing where she's, she's not getting a statue. Like, if she did this in front of, like, maybe 30 people, yeah, she'd probably get a big old statue in her honor at Bright Moon Castle, but, eh, I don't think, I don't think she's getting a, a, a shiny, a shiny bronze Columbo anytime soon. You can't keep me in this bronze prison forever. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, there's other, we're, we're cutting back and forth, more stuff. Uh, things are exploding now. Um, yeah, things are exploding. But really that doesn't matter. Bad. That doesn't, well, it does matter, but it doesn't matter. Things are bad upstairs, but we need to talk. This is it. This is the part. So, well, well, not quite yet. There is one other bit here. So, well, this whole extended, they, they get to the heart. We're in the heart now. We we are in the heart room. They they've they've made it in, and it's it's time for for Adora to to do to fulfill her destiny. And she attempts to summon the sword, and it just doesn't go. Whatever this virus is, whatever this sort of biotechnical venom that she has been filled with, it's preventing her from accessing Shira. It, she she is lost to her. And Catra's like, okay, well, will it will it still work? Like, and Adora, oh boy, okay, yeah. So oh god, Adora, like, you know, holds holds her finger, her hand up to the 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 failsafe there, and, and just sort of says, yeah, it'll, it'll work. Um, very very quietly, she's she's been anxious and and crying, and her voice has been so shaky. But when she says, yeah, it'll work it's very 
deliberate. It's very determined. She's she's made her decision. Oh yes. And uh, so Catra immediately, immediately is like, "What is going to happen to you? You need to tell me right now." And Adora says, "It's going to kill me. The magic will will destroy me if I don't have access to Shira." And, and oh boy. So she she you know this is she turns around. And is like, "I'm so sorry, Catra." Um, the the voice acting. You're gonna need to drop some clips in here. Adora. What is going to happen to you? Without Shira, the magic will destroy me. I'm sorry, Ketra. I'm so sorry. But there's no more time. It has to end here. I can still save everybody. It's okay. I'm ready. No. Ketra! No. I'm not leaving. Whatever happens, I'm staying with you. Oh, I, I like, yeah, absolutely. It's just like the, like Adora, for, at first she tries to maintain her composure. She tries to maintain the air of determination here. Uh-huh. And she, she tries to, to keep that up, but she can't keep it up very long. She... She tells Catra she needs to go. She needs to run away as far as possible and get out of here. But Catra's not willing to let her go. Well, she there's there's some, yeah, we need to talk about some lines here. So, you know, obviously this is kind of echoing what, what Catra says at the end of Failsy was like, you can do whatever you want. I don't need to be there when it happens. And Adora, Adora just like grabs her hands like, you know what? It's okay. I'm ready. And when she says this, it's a close-up on Catra's face. And when she says this, Catra's pupils dilate. Yeah, and they, they they shrink to the size of, like, sesame seeds. And she refuses, yeah. absolutely refuses. She is not willing to let this she go She literally grabs Adora's hands as she tries to pull away. She's like, no, you're, no, I am not leaving. Like, we, whatever happens, I'm going to be right here with you. So this is like... This is the big moment, right? Because the entire story of Catra and Adora is like, they have been begging each other to stay on and off again, you know, always on, on one end or the other for this entire show. Stay, it's, it's a big word. It was in season one, it was in season five. They're both staying. They're both staying. They, no matter what happens next, they're they're in it together. And it's it's at this point that things start to go from bad to apocalyptically bad because uh, the planetary acquisition is done. The entire world is collapsing above in green fire and Adora is collapsed and passes out as the extremely loud heart thumping sound yes. slows to nothing. So I, we should talk a little bit about the heart at least. I think this... This entire sequence is backdrop against the heart of Etheria. We finally see it. It's a really cool looking design. It is like a concentric series of cubes and, and, and triangular prisms all around this, this sparking core. Yes, it's like uh, a bunch of sort of hollow geometric shapes and uh, sort of around it are these like almost like magnetic field lines of energy radiating out from the heart. And there's this big cavernous shaft that goes straight up, which is, you know, presumably how the heart would have fired if it like worked properly. All right. So Adora passes out. She awakes 
in Bright Moon. She's wearing an odd outfit. She's it's like a it's like a lovely flowing dress. Her hair is down. She's got a tiara. It's the future. Uh, Glimmer and Catra run in. Glimmer is trying to brush Catra's hair. Catra, by the way, wearing a great fit, uh, like a like a button up shirt, some really cool dress pants, a half cape. Yeah, a half, well, not not just a half cape. I'll have you know that is like a it's it's like a like a really fancy like. Uh, like like almost like a like a captain's jacket yes. um but it's only draped over one shoulder it's got oh it's a it's a really 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 everyone slick outfit. everyone looks fresh here and uh so like you know it's just this like their bow comes in they're talking about going to scorpio's first princess prom bo has got a soul patch a really soul patch. important he's looking fresh as hell too and it's like and everyone is just so happy and and you know catra turns as bone glimmer leaves like Coming to Dora, and this, this, so all right. Mara earlier asked Adora, "What do you want when this is all over?" Yeah. It's this. This, this is what she wanted. This is the future she thought about when she immediately heard Catcher when Bo mentioned the future, whatever. Anyone is asking her, "What is that future you want?" This is the kind. This is the dream, the beautiful dream that she has, the beautiful wish, but. As she reaches out to take Catra's hand, it's once again all just a construct. It's not real. And Prime is there and everything starts to break down. He yeah. he he tells her that it is a beautiful wish, but one that she will never get to have. Yeah. Like it's it's a great line. He shackles her and drags her into this like virtual virus hell uh this all right so here we go this is yeah so now now... before we start anything i want to point out something out Uh this i have not finished utena yet this scene is incredible it is extremely inspired by a scene from either the the final episode of utena or the movie where it is one it is utena reaching out to anthe across a void and it is very similar in terms of its its blocking and its and even its sort of content. So what happens here is that Adora is trapped in this in in in, in her own mind basically. Um, and we're really seeing two conversations because we, uh, Catra appears to her, uh, you know, framed in a bright light, reaching out towards her, and is, is she is yelling. She is she is crying across the the space uh, here, but. This conversation is also happening uh, in the real world beneath the heart of Etheria, where Catra is saying all of these things very quietly and tenderly. Yes, and oh boy! So what do you can have you here? Pull, can you just pull up the scene on your phone real quick, so we can just like? Are you sure? I'm positive. A few moments later. Oh God! The 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 God scene. It's good. It's so. Uh... So like, first of all. The, these two conversations, these two layers, are important for both characters. So Adora, we've discussed this a lot. Adora's not very bright, um, especially when it comes to matters such as this. So the fact that, you know... The, the, matters of the heart, you might call them. Ah. Uh, so Catra is, is literally screaming to her and reaching out to her in the most dramatic way possible in her mind. Like, th- these lines are being delivered at maximum volume. They cannot be ignored. Yeah, her it is is has taken the reins and is, like, just real megaphone directly in the ear, like, hey, 
hello, can you hear me in there kind of kind yep. of situation. Fly. Uh, meanwhile, Katra, uh, on, on, on her end, is... This is not something she usually is. This is the most vulnerable we've ever seen her. She is very quiet. She is cradling Adora very close. Like... The, these the, these are emotions she's never shared with anyone at all and like this this is a very big moment for her where she is just letting all of this spill out as she you know she says you have never given up on anything in your life not even on me don't you dare start now <laughs> it's so fucking good she just she really just gets her this is the thing oh, yeah. too it's like it's uh, it's so good and just like you know, and Adora, she feels like she's failed. She, you know, she just says as much. She's like, I, I failed. I couldn't do it. I couldn't be strong enough. I, I ruined everything. I wasn't able to sacrifice myself to save you. And, oh, God. Yeah, and that's where we get the, we get the big one. There's a catch like, don't you get it? I love you. I always have. Yeah. Just, just this once stay. And their hands... Their 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 fingers intertwine and they hold hands and just as the heart is going like like thermonuclear here, just as the heart is really really going bananas, she manifests the shield over Katra, protecting her from the like evil radiation, and she wakes up and the first thing she says has nothing to do with the heart, nothing to do with any of this. The first thing she says is, you love me? Uh, like, even when she's literally screaming it at her, and she still cannot quite believe it. It's because she doesn't think she's worthy of it, right? Like She doesn't think, not only does she think she's not worthy of it, but she doesn't think she's allowed. It's when, when you have resigned yourself to the position of that list it is a it is a thankless job and it is a job that is desperately lonely it's it's sort of lonely by requirement you you can't really have meaningful connections when you're trying to hold up the world and uh, so that this is the we get the kiss this is the kiss they they uh the... it's the it is the most it's the most it is the gayest they're literally they're literally engulfed by rainbows literally the immediate second that they kiss well uh, before we say the kiss by the way as soon as adora is like you love me catcher's just like you're such an idiot which is arc words arc words for this season in particular arc words for the season in particular and also yeah me too catcher i would say the same thing and (sighs) she said the same the very same thing uh during save the cat she did she did and and she's right she during was... a very similar moment where adora was reaching out for her yes and Do you like parallels i like parallels parallels are real strong but yes they they kiss the second it starts happening all of the virus infection is poof it's gone she her her hair escapes from her like bun the uh the the shira magic engulfs both of them in like this bright rainbow iridescent kind of glow and it overtakes everything and it it fills the whole room and the heart is deactivated and magic returns to etheria it is the most the scene could have possibly been like 
they they were just like how can we be the just the fucking most and they 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 really they threw every idea at the wall and they all landed i mean this is what noel meant when they were like i made it so it was literally impossible to do this show without having this relationship you it could not happen the thing that saves the universe is is the love between two women that is literally it this is literally the thing that saves the universe there it's like there is no read of this television show it is not possible to have a read of this show where you have watched the show and not come out of it with an understanding that these two being in a relationship is the core of the entire thing the episode is literally called heart Heart. it is like it it is it is like they noelle stevenson is beating you over the head with a newspaper and every single page of the newspaper is the lesbian flag yep and this is when uh you know we cut to prime he's doing this he's just screaming at the top of his lungs cry for mercy theory i will not save you we will all uh, be consumed by undying fire he says as the fire dies down we'll all be consumed by undying flame together i should mention uh during the scene where they're reaching out for each other uh, perhaps separated by some kind of elevation uh difference some would say a cliff uh some some uh promise is the song that's playing yes that's very 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 important a uh a viewer pointed out a really long time ago i believe and yes that that is a really important thing is that promise is the song used here there's there's a specifically like there's a specific song for the kiss which by the way if you didn't know that's been the intro for all of season five you're welcome yep but uh but yeah like the 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 actual song for the fulfillment of the promise is the song promise yep it's good uh the 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 way that they use like motifs in the show is very good it's very it's very 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 so this is when shira reappears she walks out of out of the out of the tunnel here uh just bathed in holy light as she walks she is spreading greenery and and verdant magic throughout everything And, and prime is like he he appears to be stunned by by the sudden burst of magic he he can't quite you know he's just kind of growling yeah he he he's like he's like a he's like you turned a flash on a cat in the middle of the night um and she just brings her sword up to the air and just com- turns the velvet glove into a gigantic space tree just completely envelops it in greenery yeah it just becomes the big space tree and then she plunges the sword into the dirt and suddenly everything like in the whole world gets just greenified like it's just like a verdant paradise all of these weird magical animals come back suddenly the like the funny like boar things from before and then a bunch of like weird dinosaurs appear just like i don't know where all these guys were hiding i don't know if shira well, just made them we did uh, see in uh in, in one of the previous episodes when shadow weaver and cast a spell over uh, going through the forest we did see that that glen where all of the boars were sleeping so presumably they have just been slumbering because the magic has been being drained for a thousand years so yeah. they're they're all back now uh shira just kind of slowly steps up to where prime is uh still uh, possessing hordak 
and, and prime and, you know prime is you know doing his usual thing yeah yeah you 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 may have defeated me this day but i am eternal even you you can beat me back to the darkest corners of the universe but i will return and she, and she adora just kneels down and says no it's time for you to go and explodes him yes so this show does not have an ozai problem this show is very definitively there there are i think this is the only confirmed for real on-screen character death in the show and well, it, shadow weaver well okay shadow weaver too that's true that's true okay so we have two we have two on-screen confirmed real character deaths and that is shadow weaver and horde prime and horde prime goes out actually very similarly they both kind of get destroyed well it's important because the way he is destroyed is healing magic adora puts her hands on hordag and like just it gets a little bit 2001 for a minute as as horde prime is forced to stare into the undying majesty of Shiran, he is just consumed by a light and completely destroyed. Like the the corruption that is Horde Prime, the like slithering shadow that that is the, his true form is is forced out and and annihilated in the light. And then we get as as this happens, Hordak remembers the way 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 back when Adora first fell through the portal. He remembers the moment where he was just he he would just confuse. Is like I thought this was like prime i thought i was doing something all i have is this baby yes he's just very confused and he has a little baby and then it comes it cuts back to to the present and he's just instantly jumped by entrapta who is absolutely overjoyed by the idea of her friend being back and i do think his eyes should be red here again i don't like that they're still green i think they should be like i understand why they're not but like i think it would have been really cool if like after prime got burned out he had his like his his old color scheme back and this is when we get everyone reuniting this is the big ending here we see glimmer finally meeting her dad who isn't being mind control and just He's sobbing like, with joy the, the his his little the line he delivers is like oh uh glimmer um and he just immediately assumes the most like normal spongebob stance yes. well. like hi i'm your dad just uh, tackles him in a hug we get uh we get mermista and seahawk you know looking at each other there there's their moment where mermista's like are we supposed to be good with this is, yeah is, is, so are we are we all just good with this as, or as, you know talking about like hordak and entrapta just kind of hanging out we'll have, like, to, we'll have to sort through that later mermista don't worry about it um, yeah that's listen listen we got we got future stories for for that for that purpose but we see perfuma scorpion frosta all all together here yeah and like, perfuma and scorpion notably um have a moment where it's you know scorfuma is of course implied as we we've talked before it's not it's not as like deliberate and like yes you know they they are together as you know glimbo or or obviously catradora but like it's it's pretty like you know like it's there it's pretty clear i wonder if they didn't want to push it uh with netflix like i don't know they they literally had to (laughs) 
build the show in a way that meant they could not try to stop Catrador. So maybe they were like, well, I don't know if we can actually do this. But, they, but the, after the show ended, everyone was like, no, yeah, it's totally, they're, they're totally together. Yeah. I mean, they, they got two very, very on-screen lesbian relationships on the screen. I can understand why they wouldn't like want to like oh, super yeah. push their luck. But that like... reminds me, there is, there is the, the, the big dip kiss that the Cloud Wives have. And then it was just immediately interrupted by Swift Wind, which, you know what? It's a bit, it's a bit sudden, but it's fine because one uh they they got to they got to be making out on the intro the past few times and also uh the catador thing happened so it's okay it's okay it's it's good like it's this this sort of everyone meets up for the last time it's really really good and it's catra uh, comes out and is walking towards scorpio it's finally time to apologize and scorpio just wraps her in a big hug you know i'm a hugger yeah Uh, and such such a good frosta and perfume tackle her and like they are all laughing like it's 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 very good. You can hear Bo uh, as Adora kind of walks out to look over, you know, the the, the actual cliff that she saw un- underground there to see what what has changed. We, you can hear Bo talking to Catra like, yeah, man, it's so funny. We were taking you prisoner at one time, and now look at us. And, and Catra sounds like, yeah, we made it. Very funny background dialogue that I caught. Yeah, really good. And Bo, Bo at one point, he's just like, wow, this is dope. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Thank you, Bo. Yeah, thank you, um, Bo. It's, it's pretty funny. And this is when, uh, so Catra walks up to Adora, and they just sh- have a share a little moment, and Adora's like, he's gone. I, I He's gone forever. Yeah, good riddance. Yeah. And it's... Purring. Yeah, there's pur- there's purring. They press their foreheads together. They're just standing together. They're standing together under trees. Oh, and man. and then um, that's this Bo- one. <laughs> Bone glimmer tackle them. Uh, well, Bone Glimmer like stare for a minute. They just like are watching and they just they're like, oh, this is really cute. Like yeah. they just give them a minute just to sort of just to sort of be on be together under trees. And then they they tackle them together and they have. They just they they sort of roll down the hill a little bit, and they're just sort of laying and staring up at the sky now that it's all full of magic and 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 everything. And they're like, you know, so what do we do now? Well, road trip. Uh, Dora's like, I want to bring magic back to the universe. I want to like try and help undo all of the like damage that the horde prime has done. I I want horde prime and the first ones. Horde prime and the first ones. I want to like make the world you know it's time for one more road trip and and that's where we end you know are you guys with me and then catra is the one who has the last words like of course i'm going with you dummy of course naturally and we pan up to the tree and that's the end and that's the end that's that's the show everybody we 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 got through it and oh my god it's it's like it is as good as it was the first time i watched it like i it's it's amazing when i've i've watched these two episodes so many times and every single time they really get me on like a very deep emotional level i i cry every time it's it's just it's so good they 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 really like they crafted such a well-built story just such a well like it it is it is a tight ship they run here i don't think there are many things that i ever get tired of watching uh one of them i was recently reminded of is spider-verse spider-verse still gets me a lot of the times that is another like very tight almost perfect film 
but like the, these episodes really are the thing that that the, the nail that 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 strikes home here to to make to make this show a great show like the ending is the thing the ending is the thing and and it's it's not just because the ending is good on its own and it is it's because it is the conclusion it's it's the wrap up it's the it's the catharsis for all that built up to it the show is very deliberately constructed to build up to a very specific ending and the fact that it pays off that it delivers so strongly is what really elevates the show from good to great it's what takes what would otherwise be a very good piece of media and elevates it to in my opinion one of my favorite things that i've ever seen it's great all right well we should get started on questions because we should we're at one hour and 59 minutes though to be fair about 15 20 of those we're gonna have to cut out because we we, uh, there was some there were some interruptions it's gonna be two hours and 30 minutes easy even with cutting that out i think oh yeah so So, let's 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 start with twitter's questions first because that's that's the least number of questions that that we have of all of them these are good these are from friend and patron of the show casey cosmos on twitter uh now that the show is fully covered what is your favorite and least favorite episodes of this show so i'll start yeah my favorite is save the cat i think it is like you know we just got done talking about how good the hard part one and two is but it's almost cheating to say that right like yeah of course they're great finales but Save the Cat, I think if you were just talking about one singular episode, is the, like, it has all of the stuff I really like. There's so many incredible moments in it. Uh, My least favorite is probably Launch. I think I I would would have said it was my least favorite was uh, The Coronation. But upon rewatching Launch, I really do think it was kind of a bungled end to Entrapta's character arc, which thankfully she kind of gets another shot at. I just really didn't like uh, that episode very much, but it's still not like the worst thing I've ever seen. Like it's watchable for the most part. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like, like launch it. Like, like the coronation. It's just kind of annoying. The coronation is annoying, and it's a weak episode, and it misses the mark in delivering on the conclusion of of Angela's entire deal. Like it, it just it just misses the mark. It's just a very weak episode. Launch is way worse. <laughs> it's worse. Interesting that both my favorite and least favorites are in season five, despite the fact that I was always singing the praises of season four. But I think overall, season four is still my favorite season. Yeah, I I think that that makes a lot of sense. I I feel like okay, so for me. My favorite episode of the show is, and it is a cop-out to say this, but it is absolutely the heart part, too. Right. It, it, it is. It is. It just is. <laughs> if I had to pick something else, though, if I had to say, okay, you know, the heart is off limits, my favorite is probably a tie between uh, Save the Cat and uh, the Kratos episode. Ah. Yeah, I, I would say those no, those two those two are, are are tied in my mind, and I I like them because they both have they both focus very heavily on Katra, and they focus very heavily on Katra's emotional state in two very different ways, right? It, it focus you know Save the Cat obviously focuses on Katra, who in that moment is kind of forcibly confronting her emotions, right? She's she's forced to spill a lot more of her guts than she ever would have wanted to before that moment, right? There's a lot of very, like, 
strong drama um, with with Catra in that episode, and then with uh, with with the Kratos episode, you have a very different situation where you have Catra now suddenly she's like started to embrace some amount of that sensitivity she's started to become more open she has started to try to make an effort and improve as a person and it's not easy for her it's very difficult it takes a lot of effort but she does put the effort forward and you see her growth as a person through the episode i i I love both of them a ton you just you get a ton of 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 character growth out of her i mean i I think it's pretty obvious that both of our favorite characters is is catra right like everyone likes the cat girl i I don't know what to tell you but she's good she's good uh my least favorite episode is probably also launch i launch is just bad it's just it's it's just not good there's like a couple of of, of okay like decent parts and launch i like the vision quest that goes on that's good that's pretty good there's there's like some scenes in it that are that are good but like uh the trap the stuff is just so bad it's quite bad i like that that's that's i think the the show's kind of biggest misstep is launch uh, just biggest single misstep that just a big old red mark there on an otherwise great season yeah uh the the second part of this is what are our favorite jokes this one's easy it's it's still the bit from uh the the season two finale where adora is pronouncing things weird to sound smart yeah it's pretty it's pretty good it's pretty good i really that's probably my favorite like overall joke but there's so many like little gags that get me i love um just how fed up Mermista is with Seahawk at all times. Yes. It's amazing. I love uh, Take Me to the Stage. Oh, that is that is a good one. Uh, I mean, Mer- uh, Perils of Peaky Blue has some really good jokes in it. I that is also that also has uh, Mermista burning a boat to see how it feels. Yes, uh, so good. Like like uh, that that whole episode is amazing. I love that. I love the bit where um, Swiftwind is trying to keep a door update and he does like his yes. his like narrated version of everything and he's making just like stupid sound effects like that's awesome like this show's got so many like just really good gags in it i quite like the bit from boys night out where seahawk is doing his song and he stumbles over the rhymes and says like pop soda botticles <laughs> and swiftman just leads to some rando in the audience and goes whoo that was a tough rhyme yeah right or like uh that same exact scene where like he's like paying people to sing along with the yeah oh man so good that that's that's a good episode for jokes in general there yeah uh but yeah and final question this is exciting this ties into the next project we have what's some characters with the main cast playing hit mmorpg final fantasy 14 which has a free trial up to the critically acclaimed expansion heavensward yes that's that that is a good question well that wasn't part of that wasn't part of the tweet. That's just in- instinct at this point. <laughs> it's that. just it's just if you say if you say Final Fantasy fourteen, it just sort of auto completes in the head. But ah, oh God, it's it's like so. What, right, well, what jobs a tank. would they have? Yeah, Adora is a tank. Paladin. She's, she's a paladin. She's a paladin. Yeah. So okay. That's so the tank a that, That's the tank that can heal people. Yeah. So there we go. That's Adora's the a tank that that's... has the ability that literally sucks damage off of someone else. Yes, and, and also she just literally kind of looks like a paladin in a lot of ways. Yeah. She's got the sword and shield. She's got like the winged motif, that sort of thing. Like, yeah, she's a paladin. She's a paladin. Catra's Catra is banned. A monk. No, she's banned. She flamed someone. 
<laughs> she she's banned. Well, she used to be monk, and then and then she I don't got think banned. Ah, uh, I don't think she's monk. I think she is ninja. I think she likes putting von stacks on on things. She likes yeah. she likes pressing all the buttons. That's true. It makes Bo- you it makes you feel smart. Yeah, that's true. Bo's obviously bard. I mean, he plays he plays. No, he's machinist. See, see, you you say the gadgets. The ga- So there's the gadgets, right? But you could argue bard has like some gadgetry no, to it. No, not mean, at all. You play a little loot. I think Bo's definitely a machinist. He's. Either that or he's sage in the future. Maybe, um, maybe. I feel like, okay, he play, he plays Mashinist and Bard. Glimmer is a black mage. She loves casting flair. Oh, for sure. No question. Um, she loves being all of, all of the big DPS. Mermista, uh, not, not Mermista, uh, Perfuma is a... She's a white mage. mage. Yeah, she's a white mage. She's definitely a white mage main. She rescues too often. She rescues way too often. She's scared. She doesn't want her friends to get hurt. Uh, so you got those AOEs are scary. Scorpio is a warrior. She loves. Uh, she loves. Oh my god, I forgot his name. Oh, I can't believe you forgot. You forgot about dear old Arbert. No, no, not him. I'm, I'm talking about the warrior quest guy. The. Uh, oh. Um. Oh my god. What not, is it? Not 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 Hori Boulder. No, that's my that's my other tank friend no it's good um, god kenny's gonna kill me for this ah uh, see i don't play warrior so i don't remember that guy's name well it's gone it's it's been memory hold yeah but she's knows. a warrior yeah she's a warrior for sure uh frosta monk mo- yeah frosta's monk i mean she's got the she's got the ice fist she's already she's set to go um the cloud wise they they have too much time. They don't they don't play Final Fantasy fourteen. Yeah, listen, they they pay they for get, Frost's sub. They pay for Frost's sub. Listen, they're too competitive. They, they oh god oh no they're just they're just in the feast all day. <laughs> they're in the feast all day. Yeah, oh man. Um, there there was some of those, those freaks who nothing but play PvP on Final Fantasy fourteen. Oh god, it couldn't be me. I only do it when I need to get stuff for glamours. Yeah, right. Get those wolf marks, which um, I'm gonna have to do soon. Yeah. Um. Who's scholar? Who's scholar? Who's 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 the nerd? Who's the big nerd? Uh, I don't think it's Entrapta in this case. I think Entrapta is also a machinist. I I no, I don't think that's mechanically like complex enough for her. Maybe not. Yeah, like like if you want to go for real like mechanical complexity, probably she would also be like like a black mage, like because yeah. you got that whole sort of toy box to play with. Who's the red mage? who's the red now that's the real question right because like trouble. yeah okay yeah yeah double dt dt's the red mage DT or bard sure. or bard i mean either or frankly i think we're mermista i don't know about her i think mermista i think i feel like mermista would be i feel like she'd be samurai i don't know she'd why she'd either be samurai or maybe maybe summoner no it's samurai i think she thinks it's cool I mean, hey, listen, it is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. It's, it is pretty cool. Like we could sit here and talk about who plays what in Final Fantasy yeah, fourteen all day. But... We could. Seahawk is also a red mage, by the way. Oh, absolutely. I mean he's already got he's already got the sword and everything. He's very bad at it though. He's um, not very good at it, but listen, he's got the spirit. That's really the important part. That's really what you need. But yeah, you know, if we want to hear more about all of those, and if you're asking yourself, 
what are these like lunatics talking about? Well, you'll have to tune in to our sequel show here. Yes. Well, not really a sequel, our successor show. Yeah, this is the successor show, Radio Free Heidelin, which uh, to plug that real quick is going to be a show in which we do a very similar thing that we've done with uh, with Shira twenty eighteen, except with way more content. With way more content, we're we're talking like. 10 years of mmo content that we're going to be working through the entirety of final fantasy 14 online uh including we're even going to go back uh we can't play it obviously but we're going to go back and we're going to look through even 1.0 because there's actually some pretty interesting stuff in there in case uh in case you haven't looked into it before even if you don't play it i think it'll be a fun time and if you, you are interested in playing it hey Free trial up to level 60, including critically acclaimed expansion Heavensward. Yes. Let's move to the curious. Oh, wait, no, we have another Twitter question. We do have another. We have, I think, two more Twitter questions by uh, Michael JW here. So let's see. They say, I always find it interesting how with each I love you we get in these episodes, we don't get one between Scorpion and Perfuma. What do you think that is? I already said maybe they didn't want to push their luck, but I think it's also time. Yeah, there's also a time element. I think, like... The thing with Scorfuma, and I think we talked about this before a little bit, uh, like maybe five, six, seven episodes ago, um, when we talked about Scorfuma the last time, is the thing The thing with them is, it was A, it was sort of a last minute decision as far as I'm aware, yeah. um, and like, I, I think that it's a good decision to sort of give them the time to kind of develop their relationship. Cause they, cause they haven't had the screen time together to really justify having like a, a committed, I love you like the other characters yeah. got. They, they, they haven't been around each other enough for that point. They very clearly have feelings for each other. I think they very, very clearly are compatible, but they haven't really had that time yet. Yeah, when you compare it to, you know, literally the entire series with Catradora and Glimbo and, and even Mermista and Seahawk have always had a thing going on. Like, the, the, these are big pivotal moments. Scorpion Perfume only met in the tail end of season four. Like, it hasn't really been that long. Yeah, it has not been that long. So they definitely need more time to really develop that relationship. And hey, if we get that movie, hopefully we're going to see more of that. Um, that'd, be, that'd be nice. It would be. And before we get to the second part here, I do just want to point out uh, right, right down, right down here. One of our, one of our recommended what's happening on Twitter's today uh, was a BuzzFeed article of twenty-five women characters who start out just the worst, but then get really good. And the picture they chose was katra i would argue she started really good and got even better that's true uh cowards right. cowards all right so the second one here uh is also uh just, just a quick little thank you yeah i also want to thank you two so much for doing this podcast it really opened my eyes to all the clever tiny details this show has when you dig into it it's been a blast catching up on all these episodes in the last few months cheers well thank you very much yeah thank you it's been it's been a blast covering it like you know we said this is like one of our favorite shows of all time it's uh it's been a, it's been a real wild ride it has so. it's been over a year and you know i think there is a they a, a, a kind of instinct to say well if you like something you shouldn't look at it too closely or else the the sheen will come off and i don't really think that's true i think to really appreciate something to its fullest you do have to dig in you do have to analyze it critically and deeply and figure out what's going on underneath the hood yeah i i think so too i think that like there's there's sort of an attitude that i think 
has has thankfully been like going away a little bit more recently but it was an attitude that was like really really prevalent for a long time of just like you know uh uh the way that is is best to look at a piece of media that you really enjoy is to just sort of uncritically let it wash over you enjoy it from a very surface level maybe you know poke around in the lore a bit you know maybe go lore diving maybe go into that side of things but don't really ever like analyze the themes or or the sort of symbology this is exactly how you get attack on titan this is exactly how you get attack on titan fans you know Um, it's not subtextual it's not uh but it's 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 you know it's it's a good thing to to analyze media and and really break it down because it's it's like it's like enjoying a fine meal right you don't you know you you have a you have a delicious like amazing dessert with like a like a like a like a sasher tort with all these complex layers to it you got the jam you got the mousse you got the chocolate you got the other chocolate you know you want to savor everything uh, individually and really taste all the components. And let me let me let me important. demonstrate this with an anecdote. The other the other week, I forgot my card when I was going to work, or my card, my debit cards, and I don't carry cash, so I couldn't I couldn't buy lunch that day. So I was very hungry by the end. And so what I did on the way home was I swung by McDonald's and I got a double quarter pounder. It was gone in under a minute. I did not savor it. It it was in front of me, and then I unhinged my jaw, much like our friend Mulch Diggums from Artemis Fowl. And just sort of shoved it all in there like a snake. That's not how you should consume media. Especially not something you say you like. Exactly. I, I literally just inhaled it. I shoved the fries into my mouth like the, the funny spy picture. Just all in there. Yeah, a real a real mental gen moment. And, but. but but you know, this is like we've spent an into like over a year just picking at every bit we could we could get at this show. And yeah, there there are things wrong with it. There are things to criticize. Ultimately, I think it is still a very good show. Yes, I, I think so too. I think this is a this is a show that has every every piece of media that is made is going to have some holes in it. I think there's always going to be an element of mistake involved. There's going to be some missteps. There's going to be things you do wrong that poke holes in an otherwise very tight ship. But I think all things considered, the holes in this show are pretty minuscule, and it all comes together to fill just a, a really tight five season. Well five four yeah really four seasons all right let's hit this curious cat yeah so uh anonymous and we're just gonna go we're just gonna go most most recent yeah so so honest ass i just want to say that i like when catra told shadow weaver she abandoned her in the fright zone because shadow weaver needed to hear that she needed to hear a lot of things in these past few episodes oh you know it like the I like I said I really like the moment where Shadow Weaver is doing her thing she's she's getting turned she's just you know just talking at Catcher and Catcher literally just grabs her by the collar and screams in her face to shut up yeah like these are things that Shadow Weaver needed to hear this is part of what actually does it does get her to change her have a change of heart a little bit you know just enough to to actually like do something do good. something good with her life it's yeah. like these are the kind of things that she needs to have confronted as as blatantly as humanly possible directly in her face in a way that she can't weasel her way out of she can't worm around it and try to pin it on someone else or try to justify away 
any of of the things she's done no it's she needs to 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 have it laid out on the table as plain as day for for her to see and i i think i i love that bit too i think that's like the the genuine heart like hurt and betrayal the the lingering emotion of that that's still in Katra's voice and her inflection when she says that when she talks about like you know use use that stuff just like you did when you escaped just when you abandoned me you know that's that like that emotion to it is is just is just spot on and you know once again like i i could i could sing the praises of the voice acting cast in this show to to the ends of the earth they all do an absolutely phenomenal job the 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 voice acting i think the voice acting carries this show just so hard like especially these episodes especially these episodes it's it's like it's kind of insane how good the actors on this show are, and I swear to God, they better start getting more work. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be royally pissed. You need to be giving these people everything because they, they, they deserve all the work in the world. Isn't Amy Carrera on that Tangled show? Is she? I, I think she's yeah. the what's her name? Cassandra. Yeah. Um, well, she needs to be more. She needs to yes. be more. She needs and to be obviously. A lot of- AJ Michalka is kind of doing her. Uh, last I checked, there she and her sister are back on their uh, their music career after a while. Um, nice. Uh, next one up is going to be another anonymous question from anonymous from anonymous. Uh, in the scene that Glimmer said, "Take care of her, horrid scum." Do you think Glimmer considered that Catra's official confession of her love for Adora? uh I, I so basically saying that like her saying i can't leave her again was glimmer figuring out that she she totally loved adora i maintain that she knew far before that oh yeah like here's the thing that's like like that that scene where where she where she says that that's that's glimmer saying like yeah i know like i like i get it like lately she she's his hand on the shoulder like yeah no i yep yeah uh-huh. yeah yeah got like i reading you loud and clear here girl go uh-huh. go after her sort of situation like like she's she's reading the messages loud and clear but she has been for a while it's it's the, like the looks that bow and glimmer have exchanged every time a catcher door moment happens are i forgot to mention those in my favorite jokes because they aren't really a joke they're just a background thing that i love they're amazing my favorite one is still probably um the when they're when she heals catra and save the cat they both just sort of look at each other like are we supposed to be here for this uh, yeah it's 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 kind of amazing there's just there's so many moments like that but yeah no glimmer has been very aware of just how deeply like unabashedly gay these two women are for each other um the second part of this though is how long were Bo and glimmer in love with each other and that's actually a little bit more of a complicated question i mean they've been friends for so long like literally almost their entire lives i think yes they've they they're childhood friends they have known each other forever basically and the show has really taken a very winding path with their relationship we we've seen basically every sort of permutation of how it could go like you've had glimmer being very uh like clingy in the in the very early episode she's very possessive of her relationship with Bo. she's very especially much, in princess prom especially in princess prom very very possessive relationship with Bo. very much like she did she she felt like other people would take him away from her 
and um and and this progresses from there and you get so many different versions of this relationship where you have them both there's many highs and lows there they 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 are in equal positions sometimes sometimes you swing in one direction where Bo is really the one who's who's having like a hard time and then it swings back to the other direction and you know especially when it comes to season four you have the really really rough time where glimmer feels like Bo uh, and in addition to Adora, are, are, are like leaving her out of things, leaving her behind and, and cutting her out of the decision making process. Whereas on Bo's side of things, you know, Bo is thinking like his friend has basically cut him out that 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 she has decided that she doesn't need to consider her her friends emotions or, or their input anymore and that she's going to make all of the decisions and they they've been through a real rough ride. Yeah, it's it's impossible to pin down, you know, when or how long. I think it's just something that happens when they, you've been through as much as they have. I think so too. I think it's the, it's the kind of thing where with Catradora, right? Catra has known for a very long time that she loves Adora. Whether or not she would admit it to herself or not, you know, until recently, that's a whole other matter. But, you know, Adora she sort of realized it in a very like concrete you know moment whereas literally screaming it at her literally screaming it at her um but but with bow and glimmer i think it's the kind of thing that just sort of happens happened it just sort of appeared and maybe it wasn't even until that moment that glimmer said I love you that they even really acknowledged it not in the sense that they didn't know but I think that might have been the first moment that they really said it out loud that they that they said what was happening was happening because you you find that happens sometimes with these kind of relationships where you have friends who have been friends for so long that they just sort of fall into that sort of hazy middle ground of sort of friend romance until eventually one or both of you sort of just says it and i think that's what happened with bone glimmer i mean you know between the fact that the entire world was exploding and the stuff with catcher that just happened that we just talked about like maybe that was a factor that just caused her to up and say it like that I think so too. I think you know if the if you think the world's about to end, if you think that this might be the last time you see each other, if everything goes wrong, that's probably the moment where you're gonna like. Yeah, if you've got stuff. those buried emotions, they're probably coming to the surface. Yes. So next up here, from anonymous, we got what is the glass that Adora had to break through to get to catch her in Heart Part Two? I mean the virus but also kind of her own you know it's it's metaphorical glass it wasn't actually there it it is it's like this sort of helix of hollow whatever kind of holding her back it's sort of it's just sort of symbolic it's symbolic of her being trapped in her own mind that she's she has been confined to this completely empty void this prison of her own design and you know she has to she has to break free she has to have the courage to stretch out her hands to accept that she deserves a future too and uh, the second part here is why do you think the love confession and kiss save the day uh because love wins love wins that's i mean that's really the answer i mean 
the the real answer is the reason the love confession and kiss saves the day is because that's the point of the show yep. is that every like the entire premise and setup of like horde prime and the the heart of Ethereum, da, 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 all of this is is pretense none of that it, like that's that's the like sort of surface level like coat of paint the actual real heart of the show is these two women coming together and that's why really the love confession and kiss saves today because that's that's the core of the show it is these two women on on their emotional journey to become more whole and complete people together until eventually they collide and and form a relationship that can last yep can you imagine if there were fans of the show who are super anal about the lore of it like there are for Star Wars? Oh god. I I'm kind of glad in some ways that there's so much lore that just sort of was left on the cutting room floor. Like there's so much like that we just don't know about the first ones or about Horde Prime or about like the other like areas of Etheria like I feel like if they if not now, I don't think, but maybe like at the very beginning of the show, right? If they had really focused on on like developing like this big breadth of lore material, I think that would have been to the show's detriment, honestly. Yes. Now, now though, now that the show's over, you I can, certainly wouldn't mind some extra lore, but toss some comics our way. Just make them a little bit better than the Flame Princess one. That one yeah. wasn't. Flame Princess was okay, but it was yeah. very season two. It was very season two. I would. I, I we gotta get that road trip. We gotta get that road trip. I would like I would like to see it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the the next one's anonymous. Just a, just a quick statement. The Catra hologram scene broke me. That is all. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's like I was basically there. There were like a bunch of scenes where like while we were rewatching it, I was like taking notes and i like had to stop taking notes because my hand was shaking because like ah the show's good the show's really good yeah that scene is is quite good so yep all right one one after my own heart from anonymous did you notice the parallels between episode one of the series and heart part two when catra reaches out for adora's hand of course talking about the very first hey adora when she has fallen into that pit and catra reaches out to help her up yes the... also framed uh you know in a, in a, in a rectangular but you know square of light yes it is uh the the parallels are amazing the visual cliffs. and the, 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 the cliffs it's always the cliffs with these two yep. always they're with the always cliffs. at different levels of elevation until the very end yeah they are they are on the same they're on the same footing yeah. well well to be fair they're always going to be on different levels of elevation because adora is taller <laughs> <laughs> especially when she's she-ra especially when she's she-ra i mean hey listen lady big you know you got especially now especially I think now she got taller she did get taller i'm pretty sure she's literally taller and um after the she emerges from the heart actually because i'm pretty sure that prior to that like uh her season five form i think was about the same height if not slightly shorter but probably about the same height as the the horde clones and i'm pretty sure that when she actually goes up to hordak she has to like bend down to grab his face i think she is actually taller now well to be fair horde prime was like on his face uh right there he'd been knocked down okay that's true that's true though i do i that would be quite tall that would be quite tall i i 
I, I'm going to go with the fact that she's a little taller now, though. Yes, I think, I think, I think that, yeah. that makes sense. Listen, she's got more room to store more energy. So I got this one here from Anonymous. I think Catherine and Adora are going to be angry at Shadow Weaver for the way she died. What do you think? <sighs> that's That's a good question. There's a lot of complicated emotions that are going to be tied up into how that all went down i think so too i think katra would be the most angry at her because like katra was begging for her to stop that there there was like you know maybe there was a way that shadow weaver could have made it out of there like maybe right like shadow weaver refused to fight with anyone else she was i am doing this me i'm going to be the hero i'm going to be the one who sacrifices myself she sort of a dark parallel to the way adora is feeling like if adora has the atlas complex in this situation shadow weaver is the one with like the the heroism or the martyrdom thing going on where she's she's full hero complex yeah she's the one who is going into this with the full intent of like uh, of sacrificing herself in order to be remembered as a hero yep yeah, I think Catra would definitely be the one who'd be more angry. I think Adora would just be more confused. Confused, sad. I think angry too, but yeah. like Adora's going to have a lot more, I think, n- not a f- not fond memories, certainly, but no. like she's going to, I think, remember Shadow Weaver less. Less, but also better. Whereas Catra, I think, especially the fact that Shadow Weaver left in a way where she tells Catra that she was like and the line she uses specifically was i'm so proud of you katra she she says you know she says she's proud of her and then says you're welcome as she that is that is that is the most shadowy everything like i said it's like making sure you stick in their minds forever that that you know there's always that that little bit of you in the back of their heads that they are never truly escaping your influence yeah exactly it's the most shadow weaver you can do she's she's in so many ways a dark parallel to a lot of characters in the show but to to our two principal characters especially and so yeah i i think for sure there's gonna be some anger on on what on the way she died but definitely more in catcher's catcher's ballpark here all right, uh, and the next one we got here, another anonymous one. Do you think Katra and Adora tell their friends how they save the world by professing their love for each other? I don't know if, are either of them that much of a braggart? Like... Yeah, right. well, so it's the kind of thing where I definitely think that after all of that, somebody's going to ask, like, so what actually did happen down there? <laughs> That's true. That, that somebody's going to be like, yeah, so what did happen? Bo is going to ask for sure bow or perfuma like the story will get told i don't think it'll be like braggadocious or anything but they will like they will everyone will know eventually yeah i think i think at first it won't be braggadocious but i do think years down the line you know i think if anybody's gonna be like oh yeah you know we saved the world because i made out with my girlfriend it's gonna be katra Katra. katra's gonna be bragging about that one for like (laughs) 
her you know the 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 Catradora grandkids are gonna hear that story so much they're gonna be sick of it they're gonna be like uh really oh man we haven't even talked about finn at all on this podcast we haven't talked about finn so if that's gonna be that's gonna be an email episode thing i think we can't get into finn right yeah now. we can't get into finn right now i bet somebody somebody either has or now that we mentioned it will have a question uh where, where we want to talk about finn so yeah. yeah finn finn is finn content it's, uh, it's on the way Ah. <laughs> why don't you take this one yeah okay so uh, another anonymous uh she doesn't want me not like i want her how long has katra known that she wants adora and also how could she possibly think that adora doesn't want her romantically after all that blushing and flirting well here's the thing adora is very uh not bright when it comes to emotions yeah she's i think the the fact you know it's kind of the thing where it's like the the fact that she is to catch her the fact that she is not like resisting this this destiny thing at all she's just con you know like i said in in the failsafe episode she had she asked adora what do you want like what do you want adora and and the answer was i i have to do this or just blew it off didn't answer it and that was the thing the, the thing that you know convinced her that like oh she doesn't want me she doesn't care about me like she's just gonna do this um like it, there wasn't i don't know if you know it's obvious to all of us viewing but there's so much going on between the two of them and all of the you know and Catra also feels an immense amount of guilt still you know she apologized she's trying to do better but also like she did a lot of stuff and she isn't sure that even Adora can can get over some of that. Yeah. Like Adora has forgiven her, you know, in in enough of a way to have her around, but would Adora really want to be in a relationship with her? Would Adora really love her back? And that's a question that is in Catcher's mind all the way up until she gets that response mm-hmm. from Adora. When until she gets that response back that I love you too, she still has that doubt in her mind. Now, of course, in the very end, that she pushes that doubt away long enough for her to actually make that confession. But yeah. even until that very last second, she has that doubt. As far as how long she knows, though, as Man. Long, that's that's another tough one. I mean, I think it's obvious. At least season five, like you, at, at minimum, at minimum season five. season five, I think is the time where she fully accepted. I think. It was before that, for sure. Like, I think maybe, you know, like like she said, she says, I've loved you all along. Like, you know, I always have. So, like, does she really mean that? Or is she just looking back in hindsight and realizing this? I think she really means it. I, I think genuinely, like, looking back on how Katra has always been with adora how how she's always acted around her how she how she's always conceptualized her i think there is really no other way to read it than the fact that katra has had just the angstiest crush that anyone has ever had in the history of humankind i guess that's right i forgot that uh you know as soon as adora left in episode three she like cried and tore up the bed they shared i forgot about that yeah literally like in a bed they shared by the way pretty Uh, commonly mm, like yes listen the girl the girl had it bad and she has had it bad for many 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 years so so yeah i think 
that I'm going to take Catcher at face value. I think she's known for a very long time. Yep. I think that's tr- I think that's correct. All right. And our very last question from Curious Cat here is going to be another anonymous Curious Catcher user. Did Catra and Adora realize they loved each other before that moment in Heart Part 2? Adora didn't. We've talked about this. Adora, she knew in somewhere in that thick sub, skull of hers the subconscious aspect of her new like there, literally the, the 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 first ones conjured her greatest wish at the very end which was like oh yeah no it's the future all your friends are here and also you're t- you're married to catcher because you know we've talked about the ethereum marriage thing where you swap symbols of each other catra is wearing adora's belt buckle in in that and uh adora is wearing a headband uh, a, a sort of thing that is shaped much like Catra's uh, old mask. Oh yes, it's like it, it couldn't be any more obvious. Uh, like, and that's—I mean—that's the intent, right? Like, it is her subconscious. Literally, the 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 air horn is in both ears. It's it's like it, you know, you've got like a you know those you know those uh, like uh, those those memes where you have like the trumpet kid. Yes. Yeah. So the trumpet the, the army of trumpet kids are all blaring in Adora's ears in this scene because she's just like she's not on so many levels willing to accept the re- her reality here the reality yeah. that she does truly love Katra and. And part of it's a denial thing, and a lot of it is the feeling that it isn't her, like she isn't allowed it. That it's 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 like as as the Atlas, you you can't have a wife, you can't have a a relationship like this. That's not how this works. You have to be ready at any time to sacrifice any amount of blood, sweat, and tears for anyone who needs it. But uh, but yeah, she. She realizes uh, in in that moment. And, I mean, and yeah, really like we said, it. the first thing she says upon coming out of that like haze is, "You love me." Like, like yeah, you... yeah. <laughs> like, were, were you listening? Uh, it's she literally she, screamed it at you. Yeah, she in the most dramatic way possible inside your own mind. But but she also has to get that confirmation in yeah. a lot of ways too. Like as much like just as much as Catcher needed that confirmation, right? Like she needs. She needs to really be sure because in a lot of ways she feels like she doesn't deserve it. She doesn't like she isn't allowed to have it. She doesn't want to presume that she deserves it. You know, it it has to be offered and she needs to make sure that she heard correctly. So it's 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 very understandable. Yep. So that's all for Curious Cat. I yeah. think we need to save the emails for the email episode because we have quite a few. We do have quite a few, and we are li- we're literally we are 15 minutes away from the three-hour mark, and we're going to hit it. with. There the- is one thing in the Discord. Uh, one thing in episode discussion that someone posted. Ah, okay. Let's see. Episode discussion. Yes. Okay. So uh, it's from Tara Stark. Uh, and before recording, um, how do we feel about the idea that Shadow Weaver intended for Adora to die at the heart? Mm. Shira may have genuinely been the only being capable of surviving, but what if it only ever came up because Shadow Weaver wanted Adora dead? With Prime gone, the magic freed, and no Shira to stop her, she would have been the most powerful being on Etheria. 
What if she only sacrificed herself because she realized there was no chance of her plan succeeding? If her only choices were death in obscurity in the light of prime, or death in a sacrificial blaze of glory that will be forever remembered by the universe's most powerful magic, there's no question in my mind which path Shadow Weaver would take. And I, I we, we did were talk talking about, about this. Yeah, yeah, so... We, you brought up that like, oh yeah, well, her she was torn between two choices. She could have just let Adora, dragged her Adora to the heart, you know, vaporized her and, and absorbed, you know, absorbed all that good magic for herself, but she didn't. She didn't. And I think that there's, like, that's, like, that's a really big thing, right? Like, Shadow Weaver, I think in many ways, did intend to do it. She fully intended to sacrifice Adora, and she justified it in her mind by saying, oh, well, you know, she'll probably be fine. She's She-Ra. She'll probably make it out. And, you know, maybe she'll be weaker and she'll be, you know, able to be under my influence again and stuff like that. And because at the end of the day, the thing about Shadow Weaver is for as evil as she is, and she is evil. Don't 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 get it twisted. But she does genuinely, truly care about Adora and Katra. She she really does. Like she wouldn't, I don't think, callously sacrifice Adora if she knew for a fact that she would die. And I think that's a big part of why Shadow Weaver ends up taking the uh the other route i i think that's a big portion of why because adora was in a real state at that point and i think shadow weaver knew as uh, before adora did that shira was not coming back for for the actual uh the actual fail safe implementation here she was just too weak at that point and she had to make a decision does she save catra and adora or does she become the most powerful being on the planet? And for all of the 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 crust and like blackened pitch around her tiny shriveled heart there is, there's just barely enough humanity in her that she was able to make that decision to actually save them. And of course, that was helped in large part due to the fact that she would really like to go out in a big blaze of glory. It's very dramatic, yeah. It's very dramatic. She's a dramatic person. She's very theatrical. So yeah, like I think you're you're, you're pretty spot on there. Like yeah, she Shadow Weaver, you know, Shadow Weaver almost sacrificed her student to uh, to gain power. We saw that in Light Spinner. Mm-hmm. But like she had she has gone through character development. She has changed, not by much, but like she she is not the same person that she was back then. Like yeah. I think season two Shadow Weaver or whatever absolutely would have chucked a door into that fire without hesitation. I don't think she would now. No, I don't think she would either. And she changed for the better. It was a very 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 minor change, but it was just enough that when it really came down to it, when it came down to the wire, when it was really her versus like like putting her life and everything she's ever worked for on the line, you know, she had grown just enough to do it. And I think that that's really important 
to to recognize in her because yes a lot of the blaze of glory thing was because she wanted to be remembered i mean obviously she ended it with your welcome there's there's some spite and pettiness and just mean-spiritedness and like gloating in that like you know she's like yeah i'm gonna die the coolest death anyone's ever died before like you know that kind of thing talk about more parallels with angela angela ends with saying take care of each other chad weaver ends with you're welcome yes exactly and we talked about that actually in uh the episode in in the portal episode where where angela's kind of you know you know quote unquote dies and like yeah the the parallel there is is great like shadow weaver is a dark mirror she is the kind of person you look at and you can see uh horrible reflections of the people around you in her people that they could have become or people that they would never be be you know people who who are the exact opposite and she's she works so well in that way she is sort of the most classical definition of a foil that you can have and that's in the the really traditional like sense of like a foil literally being a piece of metal used to make a gemstone reflect brighter yep so how do you pull up the patreon as i talk about where you can find us of course you know we we have a couple of things left we have our we all have our email episode uh, everyone who sent in an email will be uh, reading those in that. Uh, we'll, we'll take a week off. During that week, we will be recording our uh, For the Honor game with uh, some fine folks from Stranger's Fiction, who you can find over at Stranger's Fiction Pod. Uh, that should be a fun time. We did a test run of it. Where I think we're going we're gonna to knock it out of the park this time. So on our Patreon, uh, which we, we, we will be keeping up even as we transition over to Radio Free Heidelin, um, yes, we're we're going to be we're going to be transitioning over to that, of course, and uh, we're we're still working out exactly how we're going to make that work. It's going to be a little bit of a complicated affair, I think. But um, all of the bonus shows that are still going on, all of that content is going to sort of complete as these months go by, because you know we've we've got a few months building up to Radio Free Highland. We want to start it at the beginning of the new year, basically, because um, uh, Endwalker's coming out uh, right around Thanksgiving, and that's going to give us uh, some time to work through that content, you know, make some new characters, and uh, and get everything set up to uh, to actually be able to uh, to play all of that that content and, uh, and, and get through it and share it with you. Um, so building up to that, we're going to have a few sort of teaser episodes, uh, sort of preludes um, that that are going to start in probably, you want to say September? Yeah, September, October. Yeah, like September, October, the first episode of that will yeah. be coming out. It'll be like once a month, every month until we actually start that podcast proper. That's right. So... If you donate one dollar, of course, you you become a horde cadet. You gain access to all of our uh, old side content shows. That would be the first season of the Owlcast, the first two seasons of the Kipo Cast, uh, and uh, yeah, so you'll have that. Uh, if you choose to do three dollars a month, the Force Captain tier, uh, you get the uh, all of that, of course, plus the new. You stay current with all of our shows, which includes. 
the Infinicast. We're on book one of Infinity Train. We will be continuing that, switching over to a weekly rotating schedule for those three. Oh, yes. We, we will also get access to she Riffs, uh, which uh, we will continue to do monthly. Yeah, we'll continue to do she Riffs. We've, uh, we've got the Watchtowers coming up at some point once uh, that ends up getting finished. We've got the... Uh, we've got the the for the honor campaign very that's, very shortly here it's going up on the main feed yeah that's going to go up on the main feed that's just sort of a special treat for everybody basically um that's mm. going to be uh the week after we do the email episode uh or, or maybe the week after i can't remember if we're doing it'll be sometime after that it'll be sometime after either, either the week after or or the or or the week after that is going to be the uh the actual for the honor uh campaign which we're going to be doing with uh with some of our friends from strangers fiction podcast yes. by the way so that'll be it and of course any donating at any level will get you into our discord server that'll continue to be going on yes we will i, I will continue to have you know weekly movie nights i recently showed into the spider-verse like i said truly unparalleled film a wonderful film enter the spider-verse is definitely one of my faves it's a it's a really rip-roaring good time um and also if you're a three dollar patron you get shout out to the end i got them right of here every episode so for the second to last time i suppose yeah well before before we uh before we go actually there were uh two two new ones yes. since our since our last uh recording here and uh so our two new patrons here are going to be uh link 2345 and uh maya capasso yes so thank you very much and also thank you to the rest of our force captains <clears throat> Alex Hullock, Kitty Sasson, Paul Robinson, Ludovica Peruzzi, Casey Cosmos, Zach, Jen B, Katie Sinclair, Chris, Remy Dillon, Salty Salty, Blue Holly, I Beauregard, Kaylee, Louisa, Garrett Johnson, Ross, Ivy, Emma Lynn, Ashley Butcher, Autumn Keys, Anelia, Cody, Haley Moreland, Yusuf Gurch, Ashley, Kyra Williams, Mabel Mabel, Ryan Coon, Jennifer Jones, Jess, Pumphrey, Leon Lay, Sean Montgomery, Jack O'Nuro, Olivia, Brittany Ray, Michael Steiner, Tara Stark, TCO, Tobu, Emma Grossman, and Robert Harris. Thank you very much to everybody. The support over the past year or so has been amazing. It's like this this the show would not be complete without all of you sending in your questions and supporting us and just and and being there and it's it's been an, it's been a really wild ride and we're really excited to keep to keep making more stuff to 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 bring like even cooler things in the future we're really excited to 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 really crack into uh radio free heidel and we're we're really excited to to see where things go in the future and hopefully you know you guys will come with us you know it's just like us to come to make a podcast about final fantasy 14 at the end of everything even though it's not ending the storyline is ending listen it'll all make sense once Endwalker comes out it'll all make sense it's free it's free it's free it's free real estate you can play so much of the game for free you can see so you can play so many good parts of the game for free heaven's word is good pretty good but yes yeah, so you can find that over at radio heidelin on twitter that is of course heidelin spelled okay hang on i actually have to look at it or excuse me it's not radio heidelin it's heidelin radio that is uh heidelin with uh, spelled h-y-d-a-e-l-y-n 
Yes. Make sure you get that second Y. It's pretty critical. Um, would it would have been easier to name it Radio Free Eorzea? Maybe. Is it does it does Radio Free Highland sound better? Oh yes. yes, of course it does. Who are you kidding? But yes, of course you can also find me uh, over on Disney Minus. Uh, we just did an episode on an extremely goofy movie, which I liked more than I thought I would. That movie's still pretty fun. It's it's pretty fun. I I, I you know I like the goofy movies. They're pretty they're pretty fun times. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's at Disney Minus Pod. Uh, I chose to inflict the country bears on my hosts for that. Oh no! So that's my pick. Well, uh, good luck with that one. That's, you're I, gonna need it. I chose violence, and also I just wanted to do Christopher Walken impressions. Yeah, yeah. You know what? That's fine. That's fair. I, I. Everyone gets one. Everybody gets one. I'm gonna get the bears. Say, <laughs> so yeah, look forward to an entire episode of that, and I apologize for nothing. Ah, God. Well, I don't well, even know what to do for the outro. Yeah, we're we're finally here. I have no idea what to do. <laughs> well, until next time, I guess thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And I've been one of your hosts, Jane. I've been the other host, Nero. And go out and put your own magic into the universe. <laughs> <laughs>